0: 106 miles to Chicago, we got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it.
1: If you want to protect yourself, get a double-barrel shotgun, have the shells, a 12-gauge shotgun, put that double-barrel shotgun and fired two blasts outside the house.
0: Come on, man. He's not going to be the nominee, Chuck. I mean, as you know, I'm ahead in Ohio.
2: (laughs) So, Jenny, could he actually win? No freaking way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He will be tempted to run
3: be predictably shellac do not tell me that Donald Trump is in this to win this okay he's a sideshow this is gonna turn a three-ring circus into a freak show he's not running for president he's running for keep me famous
1: I thought this was maybe some strategy for a new
4: reality show
3: how should Republicans handle Donald Trump uh, ignore him and Donald Trump is not gonna be the nominee of this party
4: well I don't think it's likely that Donald Trump will be the nominee
1: Well, I, I do based on your theme believe that he's here to stay for a while maybe through a few primaries but he is not going to be the nominee well I'm going to support the Republican nominee and I'm comfortable that it's not going to be Donald Trump there's not going to be a president Donald Trump Um,
2: that's not going to happen Donald Trump will not become president he's not going to be president he is not Donald Trump is not going to be president of the United States Take it to the bank. Okay. I guarantee it. All right, all right.
5: You think if he becomes the president, he'll make, make it great because the states is already great? I think that man will
0: be president of the United States right about the time that spaceships come down filled with dinosaurs and red cakes.
3: I'm at Tom. <laughs> take it Thank from me. How much. about Kiss that? Tom.
0: And then, of course, there's Donald Trump. Donald Trump has been saying that he will run for president as a Republican, which is surprising since I just assumed he was running as a joke. <laughs>
6: Donald Trump, just last week, he confirmed to the National Review that he is again considering a run in 2016.
3: Do it. Do it. Look, Look at me. Do it. I will personally write you a campaign check now on behalf of this country, which does not want you to be president, but which badly wants you to run.
4: So when you stand and deliver that State of the Union address, in no part of your mind or brain can you imagine Donald Trump? Standing up one day and delivering a State of the Union address?
7: Well, I can imagine it uh, in a Saturday night skit.
6: I continue to believe Mr. Trump will not be president.
1: He will never be president of
4: the United States. And uh, we better be ready for the fact that he may be leading the Republican ticket. next. (laughs) (laughs) I know you don't believe that, but I want to go on. (laughs) Sorry to laugh.
1: Okay, here we are. And which Republican candidate has the best chance of winning the general election?
3: of the declared ones right now, Donald Trump.
8: Mr. President, just a very straightforward, honest question here. What do you say to the Americans who accuse you of being a terrible person? Mr. President, I have it on good authority that the reason why Dr. Fauci isn't here is because you and Vice President Pence threw him in a dungeon with cro- crocodiles and alligators? Is there, is there any truth to that? Do you ever worry, Mr. President, that you're acting too much like a fascist dictator? Why aren't you acting more like a fascist dictator? I wanted to know why you physically poured fish tank cleaner down the throats of the Arizona couple, and if you'll be facing charges for that. Do you care that people are starving right now? Why haven't you shut down the grocery stores? Your silence on the two tigers that have contracted COVID-19 is deafening. And I don't even have a question. I just wanted to let you know. Thank you so much. Why do you keep bringing up hydroxychloroquine when there is a point zero 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 seven percent chance that someone could have an adverse reaction? I mean, like, why risk that? President Trump, as you know, there is a lot going on in the world right now, like a lot of death, a lot of sadness, a lot of chaos and confusion, which just leads me to the most important question, which is why are you so mean to the media? Yes. Why don't you shake hands with people? Don't you think it's kind of? Kind of rude. I'm just wondering why you're not wearing a full hazmat suit and what kind of example you think that sets for the American people. Uh, so China has dealt with this just absolutely amazingly. I mean, they shut people inside their homes to the point where some of the people died just to stop this virus. And I'm just wondering like, why that's not on the table here? Do you not care? Is there a reason why you're not hand making these ventilators yourself. Yes, thanks. So I'm just looking for rough timeline of when you think we could probably get back to reporting on the real news, which is the war on journalism. One more very straightforward, like totally objective, looking for the truth, no ulterior motives behind this. What is your defense to the people? I I don't know who, but the people who say that.
9: All right, it's a nice evening. It's a Twilight podcast with No Hostages Radio tonight, and uh, it's kind of cool out. And the uh, I felt like the last few weeks that you know how they cremate people and put their ashes in an urn. I felt like we've been having the urn of all the creatures and bushes and things and insects and trees dumped all over our heads for weeks and breathing in all these creatures for weeks now in California and our governor came up and stood in the midst of it and proclaimed proudly that if you want to see what climate change really looks like come to California this is unbelievable this is just totally unbelievable right here i feel you know i've taken lsd and and i i uh i think that would be tame to what i'm going through right now with this gavin newsom so uh thank you for listening uh we are uh on our episode 77 that's a good number 77 And and if you're into Bible, seven's always a good number. And uh, this is a show that's going to be starting on September 19, 19, 1920. Or 2020. September 19, 2020. And uh, so thank you for for listening if this is your first time. Some of the guys have told me, a couple of guys told me, Lou, I'm having trouble getting the podcast. And I don't, you know, I, I, I called tanner or texted tanner down in texas i said tanner I, I don't know what's going on some of these guys are claiming they can't get the podcast up so if you're having problems don't you give me an email if you're get, you know some of you get it off your regular podcast source whether it's google or itunes or something and if it's not popping up or you're subscribing it's not doing what it's supposed to do let me give me a shout out and let me know in an email what it's actually doing wrong with which uh, provider, so I can, so we can fix it, uh, and you can reach me at Lou L O U at nohostagesradio.com. dot com. As far as I can tell, uh, the website's fine, nohostagesradio.com, dot com. But a lot of folks just get it off their podcast source, and that's fine with me and everybody else. So uh, no host. So a fellow was driving to San Francisco, a farmer friend of mine and he was said hey lou what's it what's the title of that podcast and i said no hostages radio and he said i i'm having dickens of a time getting it up i had it going but you know how you get prompts it's uh the podcast is up so there's some glitch somewhere and uh you know it just makes me appreciate when things do work right i was set in on a conference yesterday put on by the constitutional law group at church of glad tidings in yuba city and uh It went from 10 to 6, and that seems like a long time, right? We took a half-hour lunch. Uh, But I'm telling you, we just flew by. And it was speakers. Some were live. Some were zoomed in. Amazing, amazing people. Patriots, uh, sheriffs, medical doctors, uh, pastors. It was... I, it may have been the most incredible experience I've had as a uh, sitting through conferences. Right, I've sat to a lot of them as as a Christian guy, and uh, heard some pretty amazing speakers. But this co- compilation of speakers just rocked my world. So you could you can see that once we find out where that actually is. If you look, if you just do comp, uh, Constitutional Law Group, I don't know what it's dot org dot they will probably post the entire conference online. It it was live streamed yesterday, but, you know, people are working, working busy. And so it's, I'll just tell you, it's, 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 every bit of it is worth a listen. There was one couple who were experts in constitutional law and their audio was a little garbled. So that was a difficult session, but most of the sessions are like 30 or 40 minutes. Some were as short as 15 minutes it really would just moved along quickly and was very, it was just provocative. Uh, So if you want to get in on that, so check it out and, uh, and enjoy it. Uh, So uh, what I noticed yesterday was when we, when we, when we did the zoom part of the, because we'd, we'd have a live speaker and then we'll have maybe two zoom speakers and then a live speaker and live speakers. It went back and forth, back and forth. And so, it was fascinating to watch the Zoom people kind of try to get dialed into us from wherever they were and Zoom's a wonderful thing it just seems a little awkward for everybody and uh it just makes you appreciate when things go well <laughs> instead of getting so stuck on when things don't go well um so I hope you're doing okay. Uh, I don't think anybody's doing, you know, there are a few people probably that are really happy right now. And I think there's the George Soros people of the world, the people that have been waiting so long to uh, tip America on its ear. I think those people are thrilled right now. They, they have their mojo working Uh They are, they are uh, jacked up on roids and they got plenty of money because there's a lot of people with money that want to see this country go down. So we have a lot of politicians who are laying low like snakes that are funding this and behind this. And, uh, you know, uh, once the fighting starts, it's going to get pretty gnarly and it's going to start pretty soon. And uh, they the Black Lives Matter people and Antifa people, uh, I'm sure they're they got a certain level of dedication. They have no idea. I saw uh, a guy posting when when they come, he said, when they come to our area, we got guys that will sit all day in a tree stand waiting for an animal to come by to kill. (laughs) I thought, that's the dude you don't want to be sitting in a tree stand waiting for you to sneak around Black Lives Matter because uh, uh, you're going to have a tough time. And so uh, we're going to have a civil war here, it looks like, and whether we get it before the election or... At the conclusion of the election, if Trump were to win, I think we're gonna have a little flare up here and people are gonna to have to uh, deal with it. And so I hope you're prepared and you're prepared to defend yourself uh, or not put up with anybody blocking your car or coming throwing stuff at your house or trying to Molotov cocktail your house and all those kind of things. So it's, this is the time to get prepared. And uh, I've, been, I've been actually been looking for a gun to auction off. We, we have this uh, trauma intervention program we were doing a fundraiser on, and um, it, guns are hard to find. Uh, you know, you beggars can't be choosers. There's slim pickings on guns out there to uh, the factories can't keep up, which is a good thing you know people are being prepared it's the japanese didn't want to come over here and take on america because we were packing weapons and uh but i think blm and antifa they're, they're they're thinking they're up for the up for the fight and uh we'll see uh but we got a lot of patriots and I, I saw some yesterday on this uh broadcast on this uh, constitutional uh conference that uh, we hosted at church of glad tidings in yuba city because we're open uh where we have the uh campus there called the embassy of heaven when we when we named it that years ago i always thought i thought ah like what what is the point i'm always a a little slow and behind i thought do we need to do this is important what's the importance and i think today as i look back i think you know sometimes things really make better sense as you move on into the future and now uh, we we actually on our property on 35 40 acres were if you want to go back in time where there's total freedom, touching people hugging people no masks if you want to wear wear a mask you can no masks kids are having a good time, uh, people are having a good time people are getting prayed for that are sick, from any kind of disease or if they're uh, possessed of the devil uh we're kicking the devil out out there and we're we're taking care of business and so we're having one conference after another meetings are packed and uh it just you know it just stepped back two years ago and uh it's called the I- embassy of heaven like uh as dave Bryan, when he came up he felt like god gave him the uh the title of changing the whole pl- uh, campus to that title, because when you go to a foreign country, like when I go into Vietnam and so you're just there and you're like doing Vietnam, but then you drive by and some of say, Oh, there's the American embassy right there. And there's all these walls around it. And when you step inside those walls and you step into the American embassy, there's just a little touch of America right there. Right. They do, they do business American style and they speak good English and they have maybe they eat American food, and and it's just like stepping back into California. If you need you've got visa problems, you've got to you lose your passport or whatever. So, it's just like an embassy. It's the way business is done in your home homeboy area, in a foreign country. And so right now, what we have out at the Embassy of Heaven or Church of Glad Tidings is we got just a taste of what used to be, and we're we're like loving it. Well, okay, so you can reach me. I mentioned the email you can reach me at. You can also reach me by phone if you need to, Five three zero seven one three one eight three eight. 713 1838 That's California. We're out here on the left coast, 530-713-1838. You're welcome to call anytime. Sometimes I'm on the other line. I You'll get a voicemail called Trauma Intervention Program. That's a program that we run here uh, every day of the year. 24 hours a day, we respond with the 911 system to help out with citizen volunteers. I'll talk to you more about that later. Um, But you can reach me or you can text me. Sometimes I have people that text and they give me feedback on what they're up to or what's going on. Sometimes my friends over in Idaho remind me how cheap gas is there compared to here when they used to live here. Or they remind me that they're walking around town with a sidearm uh, or people out of Missouri or down in Tampa Uh, Let me know what's shaking and uh, uh, or around the United States. I'm not saying I have a lot of listeners. I have some listeners and but they're scattered around and uh, they participate in the program by uh, giving me some feedback and also uh, sending me some of their uh, data and information that they think would help me on the show. Uh, They think I need a little boost. So they send stuff and I use quite a bit of it and I'm going to use one right now. One of the local listeners here, and if you're new to this, we're in, we're broadcasting out of Yuba County, which is one of the poorer of the 58 counties. Poor doesn't mean ugly. We got some really beautiful lakes here and rivers and uh, some really scenic areas, but it's pretty poor and it's pretty gnarly in some areas also with drug problems and other issues, homelessness. So uh, one of my friends here that uh, listens routinely sent me this. She said, first, we overlook evil then we permit evil, then we legalize evil, then we promote evil, and then we celebrate evil, then we persecute those who still call it evil. So uh, that should be a, a motto or a, a tombstone epitaph uh, of what has gone on in our country, where we started uh, really honoring God and and seeing that it was God's providence that actually put this nation together, it was it wasn't just man with his good ideas. And so, people, if you'll notice in the founding documents, and if you look farther than the founding documents to many of the founding fathers' writings, they constantly referred to the providence of God, the providence of God, or God's providence, or God's blessing, or God's hand, or on and on and on. Because they saw the miraculous occur in a struggling new land uh, that, and of course, they didn't get to see this, but uh, some of them did that in from a hundred years from the start, the very start, they became the most powerful industrial uh, country uh, and having industrial output in the, in the world in just 100 years from scratch. Amazing. It's just totally amazing. So many of the people that are, are um, unhappy, and rioting and they've been deceived. Uh, you know, when you're deceived, uh, you just don't know what you don't know. And you're just going to have to ride that pony until you ain't going to ride it no more. And I've been down that route for some years. I was lived kind of on the wild side and was, uh, kind of a revolutionary type guy and up to no good Thought cops were bad people. And then then Jesus got a hold of me, and uh, the cops were the same as they always were, and I just thought, oh, I needed to change my attitude, right? And then I thought, oh, I, I think I'm going to work with those guys and gals, and I began to work with them and work alongside of them, even though I was getting o- older in years and uh, couldn't take on the profession, which I, if I had it to do over again, I might get involved in it and become one of them. But uh, anyway... I changed and decided to be a part of the solution instead of part of the problem. So I'll read this to you again. If first we overlook evil, Americans have become very uh, complacent over, you know, century now. Complacent, thinking that their rights are free, freedom's free, that things are going to continue on, same-o, same, old, same old. Uh, and that would be true if you didn't have an adversary. But we all, we have a spiritual adversary and we have a physical adversary. Spiritual adversary is the devil and his demons. A physical a- adversary is people that don't like what we have going and they think they have a better idea. And in this case, it's socialism and communism, even though it's never actually worked anywhere else in the world at any time. But people can be deceived and university professors are good at deceiving naive young people. And so uh, what we've allowed is evil, and we've allowed it to permeate every institution in our country, from our entertainment, to schools, to the judicial, uh, through the family, every, every part, every part of our community. So it says first we overlook evil, then we permit evil, then we legalize evil, then we actually promote it then we celebrate it and then we persecute those who still call it evil so that's going on right now probably one of the the groups you don't want to be involved in uh, unless you really um, can get some wood on the ball spiritually is you don't you you probably want to leave church Because if you're in church right now or you claim you're a Christian but you're not really serious about it or you just kind of go to church out of habit, you probably ought to defect at this point. I would encourage you to defect and just go out in the neutral zone and uh, say that you believe in God like you believe the sun's going to come up tomorrow. And that kind of belief, otherwise you're going to get your nose broke because I think they're coming for the Christians because they're the ones that are saying it's evil what you're doing. It's evil. That law is evil. They just passed a law. Do you see it down there in Sacramento? Scott Wiener. How come all the perverts are named Weiner? They all got to be named Weiner. So Scott Wiener, he's a homosexual dude, and he's been passing these laws, getting these passed. He doesn't pass them himself, but he writes them up and presents them to the uh, Assembly and Senate down there. And they passed a law that now is going to uh, lighten the penalties for uh, pedophiles, that's people that have sex with children, as long as you're uh, within a 10-year span of that child. So uh, eight, you can be 18 and be fine, or say they're 10 and you're 20, uh, you know, within 10 years, you're you're not going to have the kind of penalties you used to have. I, w- I don't want to spend a lot of time on I think I did last week. So, but there's a lot of evil going on in California. And, uh, you know, people, I saw a sign uh, on a photo of a a protest the other day, and it said, uh, God, get out of California. And I thought, I think he has. It's like when the whole state's on fire, when people are calling evil good and good evil, uh, when people are burning down places, when they go down to Sacramento and the police just stand by and watch them knock the windows out of the district attorney's office, I think uh, God has, has left the building. That's what I think. And I think we're under judgment. Now, today I set out, one of the speakers yesterday was from Iran. And he fled Iran 20 years ago, and he came to this country. He became a citizen. He became a pastor. And so he was one of the speakers. And he mentioned the book of Habakkuk, like you can think of tobacco, right? Tabakkuk, but Habakkuk. And if you have time, read through Habakkuk. It's just four pages, I think, in the Bible. But Habakkuk is a prophet, and he talks about a situation that you would think about he's telling you about today, the book of Habakkuk. And uh, it's pretty gnarly. Uh, but uh, I've been reading through the destruction of Israel and uh, how the people got deported in a diaspora where they were forcibly deported. And then what happened then? And that's what's going on right now to the church. The church has basically been shut down because it really didn't have anything going anyway. So the pastors are cowards, and or as they say, in and we were taught yesterday at the constitutional meeting, the Romans used, had a, another word for it, but uh, for coward. And uh, the short term of it is pussy. And you think that's some kind of sexual term. No, it's, it was a Roman term. Used though you could be killed if you were a deserter or you're a pussy. Either way, they'd kill you. And so we have a lot of most pastors now are pussies and they they've abandoned their churches even though they say oh I'll check in with you on Zoom like I'm hiding under my couch. All right, well we're gonna we're gonna take six breaks today or we're gonna have six segments take five breaks. And so this is the first one. And but we're not just gonna go off air. We have some really good clips for you to listen to. And uh, I hope you enjoy them, because I'm just going to take a little swig here, and then I'm going to be right back with you. Uh, hold on.
8: Oh, seems like it don't matter if I'm speaking my truth or hiding some to protect the land.
1: was once upon a a time that to be a Republican in this area of the country felt a little bit like being Gary Cooper in High Noon, (laughs) outnumbered in a big way. But I remember the story of a fellow who was running for office as a Republican and he was in a rural area and it wasn't known to be Republican and he stopped by a farm to do some campaigning. And when the farmer heard he was a Republican, his jaw dropped and he said, Wait right here till I go get Ma. She's never seen a Republican before. Uh, So he got her. And the candidate looked around for a podium from which to give his speech. And the only thing he could find was a pile of that stuff that Bess Truman took 35 years trying to get Harry to call fertilizer. Uh, So... He got up on the mound, and when they came back, he gave his speech. And at the end of it, the farmer said, that's the first time I ever heard a Republican speech. And the candidate said, that's the first time I've ever given a Republican speech from a Democratic platform.
5: Hey, everyone. What's going on? Andy Singer again with the Heartland Institute, bringing you more from climaterealism.com. So today, we get to talk about one of my favorite topics, livestock greenhouse gas emissions, or cow farts. Mm Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll go with livestock, greenhouse gas emissions. It's a little more less crude sounding. Good sentence. OK, so I'm sure you've heard numerous times that that juicy burger you had the other night uh, is a major source of climate change. Or by major source, I mean it's a major source of greenhouse gas emissions, which is leading towards climate change. So the burger equals impending doom. Short summary. Uh, I've heard that. I mean, I ate a burger uh, earlier today, about an hour ago. And I'm going to be honest, it was a McDonald's burger. And I am tired from that. But we do what we can. It was delicious. I stand by my decision. But yeah, so let's let's talk about um, how much livestock actually leads towards greenhouse gas emissions and if the claims that it's a major source of U.S. greenhouse gas emissions is true. So we're going to look at some data that comes from the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, of course, and we're going to see what they found. So they looked at numerous sects of the economy, including transportation, industry, commercial development, things like that, and uh, measured how much greenhouse gas emissions come from those areas show the chart, Mr. Producer. Okay, so just so everyone is aware, this is a 2016 US total greenhouse gas emissions chart. There's numerous sectors of the economy as shown, and we're going to go through them from left to right. So we start with transportation. 28.5% of all greenhouse gas emissions in the United States came from transportation sources. Next comes electricity generation, which generated 28.4% of all US greenhouse gas emissions. Third is industry, which led to 21.6% of all U.S. greenhouse gas emissions in 2016. That's followed by commercial sources with 6.4% and then residential with 5.1%. Okay, so now you're seeing that in 2016, 4.7% of all greenhouse gas emissions in the United States came from crop production. And finally, we hit livestock with 3.9% of U.S. greenhouse gas emissions in 2016. And to be clear, 2% in total came from beef. So the other 1.9 came from pigs, chickens, rabbits, I don't know, whatever, whatever other livestock we're dealing with. All right. Well, I'm sure you've heard so many times that the meat that you eat, the burgers, the steaks, the chicken, all of it is a major source of greenhouse gas emissions. Clearly, it's not. This comes straight from the EPA. So and I'm actually asking this and I would love to hear your all's opinions in the comments. Why do climate alarmists frequently try to say that we need to stop eating meat and push plant-based diets? I mean, what we just looked at shows that there's more greenhouse gas emissions from crop production than livestock production. I, I'm, I'm genuinely curious, and I, I would like to know what you all think. But yeah, sound off in the comments. Please answer that question. I would love to hear your opinions. I'm trying to come up with my own. And yeah, until tomorrow, Andy Singer, Heartland Institute.
0: A lot of you watched Tiger King in the first month of the shutdowns. I could only take a few episodes of that, but I did dig into another Netflix series. I watched all of Waco over the course of a few nights, and boy, did I identify with all those poor people trapped inside a building, wondering what the hell would happen. That was late April of 2020, and I'd already been self-quarantined for six weeks. 15 more weeks have passed since then, And now it seems as if California will never open up again. Nationally, we've had an incident of alleged police brutality that turned into riots. A miniature country was established in downtown Seattle and is now defunct in the wake of tragedy. Words have been struck from the language because they were said to be offensive. Statues were dragged down and destroyed. We've had a major recession and dove headlong into debt so massive that our grandchildren will be stuck with it. Murder hornets came, took one look at us and said, We're out of here. The spring turned to summer and now into autumn. Sports teams are either playing to cardboard cutouts or canceling games in the cause of racial justice. Tens of thousands of businesses have suffocated under orders from their state and local governments. And everybody in the country is wearing cloth masks that make them look like they're about to pull a heist or convert to Islam. And still, my social media feed is full of people who act as if they simply cannot rejoin society until they are visited by angels, perhaps carrying a vaccine. Like the Branch Davidians waiting for David Koresh to finish interpreting the seven seals, liberal America is hunkered down in their little compounds and they are perfectly ready to continue sheltering in place forever, or at least until they sit through the election results in November. At this point, it's turned into a never ending religious ceremony, complete with 20 hand baptisms a day. They spritz with Purell like it's holy water, This is now officially a cult. And the people doubling down on self-quarantine are the branch Covidians. By now, almost all of my liberal friends and acquaintances have lectured me about staying away from people. In their view, every time they cross the street on their evening walk to avoid passing too close to the unclean, they're performing a sacred duty, combating the invisible evil of coronavirus while signaling their virtue to the almighty gods of collectivism. They are like nuns in a remote abbey or monks in a cloister, but they're not tired of the sacrifice and self deprivation. No, they're now habituated to it more than that. They're now dependent on it. It's become their source of meaning. Like the branch Davidians who gave up everything to follow David Koresh, the branch COVIDians have given up seeing friends and family. Some have lost their jobs, their gigs, the patterns of their lives. At this point, they can never admit that they were wrong. The data is gradually proving that COVID-19 is not a unique threat to the survival of mankind and that their beloved shutdowns have done unimaginable harm and very little good. So they hang grimly on praying that their leaders will do something to prove that it was all worth it. Their suffering at this point is an extended plea to the democratic deities for some sort of redemption. They find themselves secretly hoping for a massive spike in deaths. The hand of almighty COVID striking down the sinners. Memorial Day, Independence Day and now Labor Day have come and gone and each time they've scowled at the TV, people out on the beach, out at the lake, having fun. These carefree revels struck the Covidians like Sodom and Gomorrah, proof that America is a fallen world and that the pandemic is a plague come to smite the wicked. Oh my God, look at those people moving around freely, laughing, throwing a frisbee, touching each other, and their faces are naked. For the Branch Covidians, the quarantine is their time of martyrdom. They will continue suffering until they kneel before the altar to receive a vaccination like early Christians taking communion bread. Unless that vaccine comes from Trump's people, in which case they'll return to the catacombs to await further revelation. Many smart people on the right have called leftism a godless religion. I have to agree. The entire oppression orthodoxy is a Bible in the making. Someday there will be the book of race, the book of feminism, the book of class struggle, the book of gay marriage, the book of transgender, the book of climate change. They are writing the origin story of a future megachurch. Once they have spread the word to the far corners of the world and evangelized every last soul, the scripture will be complete and they will have proved that theirs is the only path to paradise. In the early years of every religion, there are atrocities committed. Moses didn't get to Canaan and find an empty promised land. No, it was full of Canaanites who had to be killed or enslaved. Mohammed slaughtered the Jewish tribe that wouldn't defend him against the Quraysh people of Mecca. Hell, the Bhagavad Gita opens with the battle scene. The point of that was to justify the inflicting of suffering and death as simply the living out of predetermined events. Hey, you gotta break some eggs, right? The Marxists of Black Lives Matter know that Stalin and Mao and Pol Pot killed millions. They don't see that as murder. They see that as creative destruction. The Branch Covidians have no quarrel with BLM. We need to understand that all of leftism is a creed without a guiding moral force. The spot where God should be standing is filled by the leftists themselves, a giant unthinking collective driven by an indistinct and ever shifting desire to be important to save the world from its sinful self without ever using the word sin. And as one by one, all over the country, small family businesses burn like villages on the arid plains of Mesopotamia, the Branch Cavidians are sure that all of this will somehow prove to have been righteous. So stay out of their way. Their masks are now their holy garments and your visible smile is the mark of the infidel.
4: There's a port on a western bank and it serves a- Chips up day on the sailors. Pass the time away and talk about their homes. And there's a girl in this harbor town, she works, laying
9: whiskey down. All right, well, we're starting again That's our second uh, session. So, uh I was mentioning about pastors and the church basically shut down. I, I can't speak all over the United States. Uh, and I don't want to make a generalization like all the churches are shut down because we just, we listened uh, to Greg Locke is a pastor that's become pretty famous on Facebook given these rants uh, in his truck, his SUV. And uh, he, he claimed he had a million, million and a half followers on that Facebook page. That'd be a big bunch. But he lit it up yesterday on you on the uh, Zoom and he was talking about uh sissy pastors and so uh pussy pastors, cowards. He was talking about cowards. So uh we we're in a really uh, meltdown, and so this is a time that you don't want to just go to church just because, <laughs> just because a lot of my friends, I'm shocked. They they flat left church and they dialed it, they're dialing it down. uh so when you anyhow, uh that that's what's going on here. In California, it's kind of cleared up the last couple of days, but you couldn't hardly see across town. Uh and if you didn't wear the mask for the COVID anymore, you actually thought maybe I'd put on a mask. Maybe it'd stop some of that funky smoke getting in my nose. So let me cover a couple of things that I cover every week because we're in a drive right now. We're we're in a we're in a push right now. Uh to recall the governor and if you think you know one of the problems in america has we've been we've been educated or mesmerized or hypnotized into thinking that somehow things are going to become better if i just hope they become better nothing ever happens because you hope for it right or dream right you need to put you need to put some legs and some sweat with that so we think, oh well, I just hope or I wish somebody would run for office. People call me, one. Hey, why don't you, Lou? I got an idea. Why don't you? Right, that's how it starts. I have an idea. Why don't you? Or this is happening. Why don't you? Or I, I'm concerned about this. Do you know about it? Why don't you? Why don't you write an article? Why don't you talk about it on your podcast? Why don't you run for office? Why don't you support this candidate? Can they? Can you put them on Lou's picks? Oh, by the way. For you in Yuba-Sutter counties in Northern California, if you want loose picks, you need to email me and say, I want a copy. So if this is new to you, for those that are out and about farther, sorry, I don't mean to bore you. But I don't put out a voter plank, like try to convince my friends to vote the way I do. A voter plank is where like a particular agenda like pro-life or something something conservative forum or whatever they they try to give you a list of things to help you vote so you vote the right way but many times those things are totally fallacious people pay to get on those so mine is totally my gig and nobody pays me I, i don't get i don't get a dinner out of the deal i don't get anything i just pick some the propositions and the people that i think are the best people right so it's not like picking a horse race because uh many of my people don't win uh somebody else wins but I still try to vote what vote my conscience. So I don't try to convince people to vote my way. I tell people, "Hey, if you if you don't like what I do, I don't want to hear from you. I don't want argument. Don't I, the, I I make the list so I don't have to talk to people on the phone cuz I don't have time to talk to people all day. So if if you want my list for Yuba Sutter counties and the statewide offices in California, you can email me at Lou at no hostages com, Lou at no hostages com, And just say, uh, send Lou's picks. You don't have to, you don't have to elaborate. Hi, how you doing all that? Just say, send Lou's picks. And I will, I will, I'm going to finish it probably tomorrow or the next day. And I'll start sending them out to you, you guys. So, Anyway, also in California, sorry, you guys that are in other states, but we got a major problem here. I think you do, too, but uh, I don't know how you're going to handle it. Uh, We had a guy speaking to us yesterday that is an attorney in Ohio. He's suing the governor of Ohio. So it's time to take down—in fact, we had an attorney that actually has arrested judges before. In other words, he was in court and had— he had the the cops handcuff the judge (laughs) you know it's a time when things are going to get turned upside down for a while and uh so uh we're trying to recall gavin Newsom. and i'm telling you californians that uh that ain't gonna happen unless you get your butt off the couch or spend some money and 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 some effort and get involved in this thing and make a difference so uh I'm just trying to look at my and I've lost oh here it is. So if you go to uh so the the big the big event here is we need a million and a half good signatures uh by November seventeenth to put Gavin's name on the ballot so everybody can choose whether to recall him or not. But we're trying to get two million signatures because some people just won't pay any attention. They sound they'll sign stupid and they'll have to throw their name out. So uh it doesn't matter what county you're in, you can sign this. Uh, it's very simple to sign. You can actually d- uh, print off from the website at RecallGavin, G-A-V-I-N, G-A-V-I-N RecallGavin2020.com. Uh, if you can see it on your phone or your computer, but you can't print it, uh, you can uh, look on on that website and find the Facebook page for your county, And then just look at that Facebook page and find out where in the county they're signing. You know, if you don't have a sign up sheet and you can sign, take you two minutes to sign. So I'm just talking to Monty Hecker today. Uh, He runs Elite Universal Security out in uh, Yuba County. And Monty has been great about he's you can sign up at his place seven days a week, 24 hours a day because he has a dispatch center for his security business. At, and uh, you can sign up there literally as you walk in, and as the ladies tell you, "Hey, sign right there." Uh, it'll take you two minutes. So at fifty-five forty-eight Feather River Boulevard, uh, just south of Marysville, fifty-five forty-eight Feather River Boulevard. The phone number there is five three zero seven four nine zero two eight zero. We need you not only to sign; we need you to take a, a petition and just go back to your neighborhood and talk to your neighbors and say, "Hey." Is this what you want? Is this you like you like Gavin Newsom? But you know, the legislature isn't even consulted anymore. They he just he's a king. Right. And uh, and go get yourself five or ten signatures. And then you you just look at the bottom of the sheet and it tells you where to mail them. Very simple. That's a real clean, uh, ex- extremely slick and clean operation. So let's get some signatures, let, let's let get it done, and then it just goes on the ballot. It puts it on the ballot, and then let everybody that's voting decide, do we want him or don't we? And then if we, if enough of us don't, 50% plus one, then we just pick somebody else on the ballot that we do. And the person with the most votes on that same ballot will become our next governor. It's time to start cleaning house. We The reason we're in, in, in such a pitiful state in California— is a lot of people just simply didn't vote. And the people that did vote were a lot of immigrants that got brought in and thought that they being Democrat was the way to go. And now they're, they're saying, uh, Hey, a lot of them are fact, fact, leaving the state. In fact, I just, uh, well, anyway, I'll tell you, let me finish this. And, uh, then I'll tell you my experience at Lowe's and home Depot today with masks. So, um, Anyway, we, uh, a lot of people that voted v- just voted Democrat. And a lot of immigrants that came into this country, particularly from Mexico, uh, they just voted Democrat. And uh, so now we've got a real predicament because about the last five decades, we've had the Democrats, with the exception of a couple years, the Democrats have controlled both houses, have controlled uh, at least one house and most of the other house, and the governorship. So they've got their way and you can the decisions that have been made have been horrific for the state as it's on fire, we're out of water, uh our roads are funky. There isn't anything you can say about California that's like, "Yay, we're doing good." Except climate change, right? That's what Gavin says. So I want to tell you a story uh I you know, actually you can have a a, a phenomenal story any day in California right now because it's crazy. I just they just evicted the heroin addicts next door. They sent a cleaning crew in and scooped up all their poop. They can't even; they couldn't even keep the poop in the house. They had to go poop out between our two houses. This is California today. Nobody enforces these laws, so um, you know we had people sleeping out all around the apartment, et cetera. So, anyway, I was I thought, hey, I got to run. I got to pick up a couple things around town. So I thought, oh, I'm going to get some fertilizer and and I I got a couple things. I I need to go to Home Depot, right? Maybe get a couple plants. I had some dead plants. And so I drove into Home Depot, and it had these, this massive sign by declaration of some guru or some ridiculous thing. It, it was about the size of a six-foot guy. Big sign. Big, funky sign. Like, don't even be coming in here without a mask. Now, probably I could have walked in and there and said, I'm dying of emphysema. Leave me alone. They'd have let me alone. I thought, you know something? I'm not even going to do this. So I just turned around, drove out of the parking lot, drove a block across the highway, and drove into Lowe's, L-O-W-E-S. I don't know whether you have those where you are. So I drove into Lowe's, and it wasn't near as busy as Home Depot, which uh, I was kind of surprised. And there was this young guy, nice-looking guy, out grabbing all the carts. And I just pulled up and rolled down my window. He said, what can I do for you? And I said, dude, he didn't have a mask on. I said, hey, dude, they're going to hassle me if I go in there. I said, I want to do some shopping, but I'm not going to wear a mask. He said, they're not going to fuss with you, man. Just go in there. So I said, great, great on you. Good on you. So he said, here, take a cart. He said, you know, fetch a part. Here, here's a cart right here. Help me get a cart. No mask. Went in, spent 100 bucks. I Came out, did my thing. In fact, I went in there. Everybody was masked up. All the employees had to be sheeple. You know, had to be all muzzled but the two, had yeah, two youngsters in there helped me. They just got me all squared away really fast. Hey, come over here. Come over here. I said, what do you need? We'll help you. They hooked me all up really fast, got out of there In out spent a hundred dollars and, uh, you know, screw home Depot. So, uh, if you want to go in your Yuba Sutter and you don't want to wear a mask, you don't want to have any harassment. So anyway, I was talking to the guy out and, uh, he says, Oh, you, you know, this family name. I said, Oh yeah, I know that family name. And, Anyway, he says, "I'm getting ready to move. I'm leaving the state." He said, "I'm 18. I'm." He said, "I don't know what you think about the state, but he said I'm not into it." <laughs> he, I, he said, "I'm just 18." I said, "I'm not into it." I said, "Okay, man, go for it. Like, try put down some tracks." He said, "I'm going to Missouri." I said, "Go for it." My friend's out there, and he's having a good time in Missouri. He he can pack, he can pack, he can. Uh, It's awful cheap out there. You can get yourself a house really fast. And this kid was a really great kid. You would have loved him. Uh, But he said, I'm just 18. But he said, I know what you think about this state. He said, you've been raised around here. I said, yeah, been raised around here. He said, what was it like when you were a kid? I said, we used to be, you could pack openly, man. You could carry a shotgun right down the street when you're 14 years of age and go hunting. Nobody even give you a second look. He said, wow, that's amazing. So I said, go out there in Missouri and start yourself a new life. So uh, go over there and shop at Lowe's. You may think Home Depot's the better deal, but if you know, here's the deal: we're either gonna we're either gonna win this, or we're gonna be communist. I'm just telling you how it is. You think, oh Lou, you're exaggerating? No, I'm, I, no, you just don't know what you're talking about. We're either gonna kick rear, and we're gonna kick rear bad enough. Not only at the ballot box, but we're gonna shoot some people, and we're gonna mess them up. We're going to mess them up really bad and and we're going to take control or we're not. And that means all of us are just going to have to just hunker down and we're going to have to just follow everything. Like I had a, I got a contact today's, uh, from my coworker, Dave, and he said, Hey, we got a gal that's pregnant. She's getting ready to deliver and they're not going to deliver her baby over there at Adventist hospital unless she sla- she gets a covid test and she don't want to take no covid test all right so this is what it's coming down to you can't come over here to home depot and shop unless you put on your mask you can't come into this hospital and take unless you take a covid test that's just going to jack up to pretty soon you oh you're not vaccinated oh you, you say you are they're not going to ask you for a card they're going to just they're just going to uh, do do a little uh, survey on your arm or or, or take it. they'll be able to pick it up with with a uh, you know like right now they take a the little temperature they don't put anything in their mouth they just shine the thing right on your forehead boom got your temperature they'll be able to read that injection that's now connected to your dna they'll be able to read that and see whether or not you're going to be able to buy or sell or go to school or go into the hospital or do anything Either you're going to be vaccinated so we can monitor wherever you go in the world. Or you're not going to be able to play ball with us, right? You're going to have to, like, scrounge around off the grid. You remember those people went off the grid? Well, that means a lot of people are going to have to go off the grid and it's going to get gnarly. Did you think, by the way, did you think that we, you remember all those signs just a month or two ago? Have you seen any of those lately? We ran out of money. Those are we we can't make any change. We ran out of money. Sorry we ran out of money. Do you think those people ever told the truth? Do you know how do you know how seldom anybody's telling the truth anymore? We got people lying at the supervisor level, the city council level, the administrative levels, the doctors are lying. Uh we got the health official lying to her teeth. If that woman is telling the truth. She needs to be hung because she is causing suicides, domestic violence. She's causing people to be sick. If you think you're not going to get COVID because of masks, you're probably going to get it more with the mask than without it. If you understand masks, we had like two or three, this woman that we got as a health officer called Dr. Lou, she could put her education in a little thimble And it wouldn't match up to the people we listened to through Zoom yesterday. And everybody just mocked the mask. The mask has nothing to do with health. In fact, it's going to cause you ill health, right? All it is about is about training you to be obedient. And all those little X's on the floor, uh, those little circles on the floor where you stand here, stand there, stand here. Don't get any closer to anybody than this. It's all training you to obedience. It's like sending your, in your dog to dog training school, obedience school. That's what it's doing. That's how communism works, folks. And you're being trained every movement. Without you even knowing it, they're just training you. Oh, we can't do that. I had somebody say today, they went in to get some surgery. Another lady at Glad Tidings. And I don't know what she's getting, but she was getting a whole pre-op, you know, asking you all these questions and they asked the same questions over and over and over again to make sure they got it exactly right and your medicines and you know your allergies and you know da 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 da, da. and and take your temperature, take your temperature, take your temperature, take this, take that blood test and then finally the lady said cuz she never wore a mask at any of these visits visits, excuse me. And finally she said to the lady, the nurse she said Did you change your mask policy? And she kind of looked down and she said, oh, she said, oh, I don't know whether she's being facetious or real or for real. Or as my Mexican friend said, for reals. She said, oh, I didn't even notice you didn't have a mask on. Now, that's crazy. You know, something a lady talked yesterday at the conference uh, about that God gave us a face for a reason. And uh, it's to shine the glory of God, and it's to smile, and it's to—so people can read your your emotions, and so they can communicate with you and love you and care for you. And like yesterday, I walked out of the meeting at the conference, and I saw a lady that I knew years ago who struggled with depression— and I said, hey, hey, how's it going? How's it going? And she said, oh, Lou, I'm, I'm really struggling. I came out here for prayer, and I'm, I'm just—I don't know like I can make it. I'm, I'm having—I've I'm got a lot of depression. I'm really struggling. And she's in nursing school. And she didn't have a mask on. And I, and I got to see into her face, right? And it's kind of the window to the soul. Covering up the face is evil. I'm telling you, covering up the face is evil. It is contrary to God. God does not want your face covered up for health or any other reason. And all this is an evil scheme to cause you to come under submissions, like breaking a wild horse. And God wants you to be free. If you read anything out of the Bible, God wants people to be completely free. Free, 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 free. And wearing a mask and social distancing and being forced to be vaccinated and being forced to do this and that and take little tests to get. I just saw where the uh, Dr. Lou, I'll get into it afterwards. We're about out of time. But all this thing is just totally evil. So, I, I think I got into this little thing by talking about the reason we need to begin to throw people out of office that don't have a backbone or are evil. Even good people with no backbone need to be ejected from office. We can't tolerate them. They're too, it's like uh, we can't waste our time on people that will not stand up for righteousness. All right, we'll be right back.
7: Like a lot of people, I love to smoke, but my friends and family always make me go outside to do it, so that's why I now use e-meth. It's crystal meth, but electronic, so it produces vapor instead of smoke, and that means I can ride the ice pony anywhere I want.
3: Smoking is a social thing for me. Without my meth pipe, I don't know what to do with my hands, but now I do know what to do with them. Smoke meth.
1: good.
6: Thanks to EMeth, now I don't even need to leave the bar to get my sweet shabu-shabu. Mama can smoke that chunky white crunch anywhere. <laughs> at the office,
2: at the grocery store, in a bathtub in the middle of the road, or face down in a big old tire.
3: e is healthier because it doesn't contain antifreeze, but it still has that great meth taste. Emeth lets me get
7: totally gacked up on whoop chicken without yellowing my teeth. See? Perfectly white. (laughs) What?
3: Hello? This is he. Thanks to e-meth, I can now even smoke inside my favorite
5: restaurant. Excuse me, sir. You can't smoke meth in here. It's okay. It's electronic. I don't care. You're in my living room, and you nick it! (laughs) not for everyone. Talk to your doctor if you experience body rot, face melt, painful
2: death, or fatigue. So according to a not at all conveniently timed book by Bob Woodward, Trump apparently said that he tried to downplay the coronavirus because he didn't want to create a mass panic. And the left is flipping out. Meanwhile, de Blasio was telling people to go to restaurants, Pelosi was inviting them to come hang out in Chinatown, and then Cuomo started shoving sick people into nursing homes and they didn't say a word. And, of course, we're not supposed to notice all of that, because Trump bad and people stupid. So you know it's election season when a ton of bombshells start dropping left and right? Well, mostly left, actually. Too bad this one's got the explosive power of a wet firework, according to a new book out by Bob Woodward, which I'm sure is not at all strategically timed. President Trump apparently admitted that he tried to downplay the coronavirus pandemic to keep from creating a mass panic. And according to the left and the media, we're all supposed to lose our crap over that because it proves that Trump has been trying to kill us, or something. Now, to remind, back when all of this started, people were hoarding toilet paper. Food aisles were emptied out. Some morons were walking around with plastic bags and water bottles strapped to their faces. I'm sorry, but in the middle of all of that, the statement, I wanted to always play it down because I don't want to create a panic, is neither shocking nor scandalous. In fact, it's pretty much Trump speak for keep calm and carry on, which, if you recall, people weren't doing. They were getting into fist fights over toilet paper and hand sanitizer in the store. People were having trouble buying food for their families because Apocalypse Amy had gone through and bought up 47 packages of ground beef and all of the rice. The elderly were terrified to leave their homes. Anxiety and depression went through the roof. Pharmacies couldn't keep enough Zoloft on the shelves. People were getting assaulted for not wearing masks or social distancing enough. People were panicking. And it only got worse as businesses shut down, people lost their jobs. Paychecks vanished. They couldn't go visit their relatives or bury their loved ones. Schools and churches were closed. Kids couldn't go anywhere. The stock market tanked. Single people were stuck inside their apartments alone for weeks. Shall I go on? If there were ever a time to keep tensions at a minimum, this was it. But of course, Democrats couldn't let that happen, so they started screaming that everyone was going to die, and it was all Trump's fault. Except wait. That's not what they were saying in the beginning, remember? See, if I recall correctly, back when all of this kicked off, Nancy Pelosi was inviting people to gather in Chinatown. We do want to say to people, come to Chinatown. Here we are. We're, again, careful, safe, and come join us. And the media didn't say a word. Then again, this is the woman who just claimed that she was stymied by a hair salon, so maybe we can't expect much there. Oh, but if only she were the only one. Up in the Big Apple, Health Commissioner Osiris Barbeau was telling people that there was no reason they shouldn't go to restaurants or attend parades or pack into the subway like cattle. There is no reason not to take the subway, not to take the bus, not to go out to your favorite restaurant, and certainly not to miss the parade next Sunday. I'm going to be there. De Blasio told people that the coronavirus should not stop you from going about your life. When Trump shut down travel from China, Biden called him a xenophobe. But now Trump says that he tried to calm everybody down to avoid a stampede in the Charmin Isle, and suddenly he's accused of lying to the public and intentionally misleading us all about the pandemic. Mm-hmm. OK. Except that even Dr. Fauci disagrees, proving that even a broken apocalypse clock is right twice a day. Speaking to Fox News, because they're one of the only ones who will air it, Fauci contradicted Woodward's claims that Trump lied to the public about the coronavirus, saying that the president was always upfront and honest with us based on the information he was being given by Fauci's task force at the time.
4: When we would get up in front of the press conferences, which were very, very common after our discussions with the president. He really didn't say anything different than we discussed when we were with him. So I I may not be tuned in to the right thing that they're talking about, but I didn't really see any discrepancies between what he told us and what we told him and what he ultimately came out publicly and said.
2: He also told Fox that he never said the things that he's quoted as supposedly saying in Woodward's book.
1: You are quoted in the Woodward book as well. Uh, According to The Washington Post, Fauci at one point tells others that the president, quote, is on a separate channel and unfocused in meetings with, quote, rudderless leadership, according to Woodward. His "His attention span is like a minus number, Fauci said, according to Woodward. His sole purpose is to get reelected. Is that correct?
4: You know, if you notice, it was others have said that. So, you know, you should ask others. I don't recall that at all.
2: Whoops. Now, let me just preempt all of the backlash that I know I'm gonna get before I even finish this video. Here's what they'll say. Oh, Brittany, you will say anything to defend Donald Trump, even when he is so blatantly wrong. No. What I will do is point out stupid when I see it. We watched a slew of Democrats telling people to go party in the street, encouraging protests and marching with activists, and the media didn't say a darn thing. But they'll seize on one short, out-of-context quote in a book written by an open anti-Trump left-winger, saying the president was trying to keep a nation of 320 million people from collectively freaking out, and we're supposed to buy this because of that. And all of this crap is his fault. Not Cuomo's for shoving sick people into nursing homes. Not Democrat leaders for letting mobs of protesters descend on their cities. Nope. Totally Trump. Just like we're supposed to take it on face value that Trump called veterans losers, based on an anonymous source quoted by a liberal news outlet. Just like we're supposed to accept that he hobnobbed with the Kremlin and got peed on by Russian hookers, or any of the other baseless, ridiculous crap the left has tried to make stick over the past four years, because they hate this guy so much. So much that they will shamelessly continue to peddle lies, deceit, and blatant double standards because they know that, unfortunately, there are still some sheep out there who will buy it.
9: All right. Welcome back. I want to mention, uh, this is an event that's coming up, and it's it's actually, by the time you hear about it, if you listen to my show on Saturday morning, first thing, if you live in Yuba Sutter area, you could still go to this. But if you haven't traveled very far, you're going to miss it. <clears throat> I'm still kind of shocked this is actually going to happen. When I heard it, I didn't believe it, because I think so highly of this guy. And I, you know, I mean, it's not like Northern California is a bad place, but just uh, people that are significant national figures uh, don't often get here. So when I heard that Dinesh D'Souza was coming in person to Yuba City, I, I just couldn't believe it. So I asked Dave Bryan. I said, "Are you? You mean he's coming by video, right, or Zoom, or something?" He said, "No, no, no, man. He's gonna he's gonna be here, and uh, he's gonna speak. He's gonna spend a few hours here. So, uh, so he's coming on behalf of a wonderful lady who is uh, trying to take on one of the more powerful figures in the House of Representatives by the name of John Garamendi, and John Garamendi has been a very liberal." politician since he got out of college and then he spent a year or two in the peace corps and then he went into politics and now he's in his mid-70s pushing 80 and he's so old that he doesn't even use his photograph on his materials anymore because he's old right it's just nothing wrong with that it's just like that's that's the state he's in in life and pretty soon he's going to enter into eternity so um, but one of the you know i don't have anything against old people in fact I'm I'm seven in my 70s. So um, my feeling is even in trauma intervention, people say, well, how old do you have to be to be in trauma intervention? I said, hey, we'll take a kid as young as 14 if the kid will behave himself and uh, has got some got some juice. We'll train him. And I said, the upper end, I never worry about people as long as they can get behind a wheel and get it on and go out on a call and keep their wits about them. You know, if they got the juice Oh, we're good. I don't care how old, I don't care the number, right? It's just a performance. And so, uh, so anyway, uh, Dinesh D'Souza is coming and I I was just shocked that he was coming up here and he's supporting uh, Tamika Hamilton, who is running against John Garamendi. And I'll tell you why John Garamendi is anti Jesus, uh anti America, anti conservatism. Uh he is not supportive of uh any of the basic tenets of our patriots. Basically he wants a socialist country. He they he doesn't follow the Constitution. And so <clears throat> but these incumbents as you know whether you look at nancy pelosi or chuck schumer or that whole list of them back there that are in their 80s or nursing the 80s they have a lot of money and they have a lot of power because people are invested in them corporations have bought into them and they do the corporations bidding and that's how garamendi is so he's very hard to beat and when they gerrymandied, gerrymandered the district, and added Yolo and Solano County uh, to our group of counties that rep- that uh, Garamendi represents, it changed this area from a conservative uh, district to a a more liberal district. So it's tough to beat him, but you know it, it's interesting to me. Uh, conservative people the conservatives have gotten what they deserved in California because they wouldn't really support a real conservative and they thought we needed to look more like a Democrat to get elected and so when you had a real conservative a lot of times you have other conservatives that wouldn't support them because of something something wrong with them like they were pro-life and they this conservative wasn't pro-life and so we want people to win but we don't want to invest in them I had this discussion the other day with a lady, and she said, "Well, I think it's kind of expensive this to nest to Susan." I said, "Well, it's, it's not it's not about that. It's about we need to fund Tamika Hamilton. She cannot beat a, an incumbent that's been in politics for fifty years. Uh, she can't she can't do it on out of her police officer husband's salary, and they raise four kids. She can't do that. We have to help her." So uh, anyway, uh, I think I got another person to come to the event, but it's a fundraiser and Dinesh D'Souza is going to be here and speak. And I just can't believe it. So if you're just hearing this for the first time and you're going to be Yuba Sutter area on Saturday uh, at three o'clock, at three fifteen actually, he's going to be, he's going to have a VIP meeting at two o'clock from two to three, probably. And then at three fifteen, he's going to have a, a talk. He's going to do a talk for an hour or so. So uh, the cheap tickets is to come in at 315 at $75 a piece. You think, oh, that's too much. Let me just tell you something. When you look at what, how much money you're paying in California, you're spending hundreds of dollars more for gas alone, gasoline. Just one item in California, gasoline, is costing you way more than that a year. Right. It, then I take if I took you to DMV fees, you'd choke or I could take you to sales taxes and you'd choke. I could take you to income taxes and you'd choke. I could take you to a lot of other things. And you you'd think, oh, my goodness. This is actually the deal of a lifetime to support Tamika Hamilton at seventy five dollars piece, Right. So if you want to talk to have a sit down and have a question and answer with Dinesh, you can if you really believe in conservatism, uh, maybe you'd want to spend $500. Yeah. I get a kick out of people. Oh, I I'd never do that. They spend $500 all the time. They give it to California water service. You know, some of the people in the city of Marysville spend five or $600 a month for water <laughs> and they wouldn't spend $500 to save the nation. Right. But they would water. Isn't that amazing? So uh, Dinesh D'Souza is going to speak for Tamika Hamilton. The interesting thing about Tamika Hamilton uh, is uh, she, (laughs) I get a kick out of her. She showed up at glad tidings and spoke where I attend. And now she considers us her home church, but she actually lives, I think in Fairfield or Vacaville. She lives in the South end of the district. And, but she really needs to be down there because that's where she needs to get the most votes because that's where she's going to have the toughest time, in Yolo County and Solano County. And so uh, she spent 17 years in the Air Force serving the country. Not only that, it just wasn't her like a fling getting into the military. Her parents are military folks, and uh, he, she married a uh, a fellow that's a police officer, Anyway, she's got a conservative DNA and she's a good gal to take down Garamendi, but no one is going to take down any strong politician that doesn't have money. They just forget about it. You think, oh, well, they're just a good person. You don't know what you're talking about. You know, you got to work, 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 and you're going to have to have some money. So if you think, oh, we're, we'll just, oh, Gary won again. Oh, is he so hard to beat? Yeah, he's really hard to beat when you don't do nothing, when you don't do anything about it except whine and complain, whine and complain. California is full, full of middle class and lower class whiners and complainers that don't put their money where their mouth is. So if you want to get a ticket, you can still can, and you can get one online. You could do it today or tomorrow, or you could probably do it Saturday morning, or you could just show up and pay at the door. But you, you could go to Vote Tamika, or you if you just wanted to make a donation, Vote Tamika, T A M I K A, Vote Tamika, T A M I K A dot org. That's our basic website, Vote dot org. If you want to see what this event is, you just add a backslash with the word events. And then uh, the event that I'm talking about that's happening Saturday will pop up and you'll see a big picture of Dinesh D'Souza. And by the way, he put the fear of God into the liberals so bad they put him in jail. Did you know that Obama had him put in jail? He lit Obama and Hillary up with films he made. You probably didn't see them. Maybe did, maybe didn't. But the fact is he makes, and he's also has one coming out on Trump, I believe. I don't know what's it's going to make it out before the election or not now, but uh, this guy is bright. Anyway, Tamika, votetamika.org. If you want to just help her, just help her. Maybe you're in another state and you think, you know something? I better invest in a, in a revolution in California. Go red, you know, or I'm going to get some of it up here. I know when I went, I was up to Boise, Idaho, to to teach tip people, new tip trainees. And the word up there is California has taken over the city of Boise and its liberals can be. When you get out into the the Bush area, the surrounding area, different story. A lot of patriots out there. But uh, Californians are on the move. And they're taking their their uh, their value systems, which are really screwy, with them. In fact, uh, I just read an article where Stripe, you know, the corporation called Stripe, it's a uh, platform where you can pay money for things, you know, transfer money, Stripe. Stripe is moving to, out of San Francisco where it started, it's moving to Nashville, Tennessee, and it is offering its employees, they'll all have to take a, I think a 10 percent pay cut uh, to move down there. Uh, they're kind of reorganizing, but they're offering them if they'll come and make that move, they'll give them 20 grand, just write them out a check for twenty thousand dollars. Is't that amazing? So that they're not thinking about moving, they're moving. And you're going to see more and more big corporations like that leave, particularly San Francisco, which is it's not being managed anymore. It's just like the uh, the inmates are running the asylum. And so a lot of people are just moving because a lot of them can work from home now and they don't need to be situated in the most expensive place on, on the West Coast, San Francisco. So stripes, they're on the move. So a lot of people are moving and resettling. Well, can you imagine all these stripe employees? There's no conservatives in there. And uh, they're all going to Nashville. Can, you can imagine the different changes in the voting. Uh, So that's that. So, hey, I want to mention, I mentioned Monty Hecker earlier, and he's been a big supporter of the program. I want to give a shout out to Monty and his elite universal security. They are trying, along with law enforcement, to keep a lid on the craziness that's going on in our communities. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you just over the back fence here, I had people shooting heroin, dealing heroin for months. I've tried to get police involved in terms of busting them. No chance. Tried to talk to him. No, didn't work. Like I've told my drug friends, either I'll, you know, get you on with Jesus or get you arrested by the narcotics people. And we'll get you straightened out one way or the other. So uh, anyway, Monty Hecker has got his security business and he does work for the government. He does work for the private sector, businesses, private homes, farmers. We got all kinds of problems, man, out in the ag areas. Guys just come in and steal stuff, steal all the connections off the pumps. Steal tractors, steal all kinds of farm apparatus, steal almonds, steal walnuts, just expensive products. Anyway, if you want to, if you need some help, you can call uh, Elite Universal Security at 749-0280. And they're serving all the way up through Northern California. It's not just Yuba Sutter County. So there's about 22, 23 counties up here in North and uh, they're big counties, sparsely populated, but uh, Monty is serving all the way up into lower Oregon, he tells me. Also, if if you think, yeah, it sounds good, but I, I don't know jack about that whole trade. Uh, well, they take somebody without experience. You know what they really need? They need somebody with character, and they need someone that shows up in the showdown. You know, even when you're not feeling great, you show up for work, right, in spite of Dr. Lou, you just show up. Remember my dad, I think, uh, in all the years I lived with my father and mother, I only saw him. He worked six days a week where he went actually to the, the business left the house. He worked the seventh day on bookkeeping at home, worked six days a week. I only remember two days out of my, uh, my entire years of consciousness from being a young child all the way up to when I left the home at about 19 and a half, all those years, only two days that he never went to work uh, because of illness. And so what Monty's looking for is people with honest, they're honest people, they're people of integrity, and they're going to show up at work and they really want to work, right? And no matter whether you're watching them or not, they're working, they're doing a good job. So he also does a a firearms courses, and you can catch a firearms course there if you need uh, to get a permit. Or you just want to learn how to handle a firearm. So they'll do some in-class and range work. So uh, they do a lot of other stuff out there that's helpful. I mean, they have notaries. They have live scans. You can get live scans out there. And they're always available to sign the recalls Gavin petition. So give give uh, Monty a, a shout. Also, since we're getting short of time, let me just spend a little time and talk about Dave Greenitz. Um, I just saw where Dave is putting out the word to, they're building a new set out at Glad Tidings. You know, everybody's shut down, but we're building a new set for uh, a play coming up called Prospects, I think is is the name of it. But Dave said he's looking for old fence material or barn material to build the set. If you have an old fence or old barn you want to get rid of the wood, he'll take the wood and they re reuse it, uh repurpose it uh into a set for a big play. So that's what he does as a hobby he and his wife and a service to the community and an outreach is put together these amazing plays. They're some of the uh they have the highest attendance in the community compared to Yuba College, any anybody you compare it to. They have some of the highest attendance. Hundreds of people attend every night. And uh so but other but what he does to make a living is he remodels kitchens, baths, and entryways and puts decks on and puts whole house fans in. <laughs> but go check don't take my word for it. It's easier to just take a tour. And you don't have to go see him. You can just take a tour on his website or on his Facebook site. Websites Greenitz Green with E T Z on the end Greenitz Construction one word, dot com and or you could go Dave Greenitz Construction Facebook and they will show you some before and after shots that will um, there actually there there aren't words for me to do it justice you'll think oh I get it now this takes it up a notch man this is this is not just putting in a new toilet and sink or the fresh coat of paint man these guys take it up a notch. And we're talking about total redesigns, new lighting, new paint, new texture, new flooring, new windows, new every every part of it is like amazingly different. So give them a shout out. Uh, you may have to wait a couple months to to get actually guys tearing that stuff out in your house and and getting at it. Maybe you have to wait a few months to get in there. But once they get in there, they'll knock it out. They're not going to drag it out. It's just uh, they're backed up right now. A lot of people wanting them. I'm not saying it's because we talk about it, but uh, they they've just uh, they're reaping what they've sown. You know, you ever heard that term reap what you sow? They have sown for 40 years uh, quality construction. And now people just like to say, hey, I want I, I, Yeah, give me a bid, but I want you to do it. I want you to do the job. Right. You're the best. So when you want the best, if it's your house, you're gonna live in it. I wouldn't I wouldn't do second best. So anyhow, uh check that out and uh that will make me happy. Oh, here we go. I have you had a meltdown over Netflix? I don't even have Netflix, I don't have TV hooked up, and so I guess that's the you know, where where we went through these rent, rent the videos, rent the DVDs, and then we went through all the things like Blockbuster, Red Box, and now we're on to Netflix, and we're on to all these things where you just download over your TV. Right, bring it on in. And uh, so now we had this movie, I guess, uh, called Cuties, that uh, offended a lot of people. I, I don't know, you know, uh, it, it, it. I can't speak for the rest of society, but the, the church is so mamby pamby, and they think that they can't live without. Uh, like for instance, when, when they actually die and go to heaven, I think they're co- probably going to want to come back because they don't have Netflix and they don't have TV and they don't have HBO and they don't they don't get they don't get to, to watch people screwing each other, you know. And so, uh, so now now people are like, well, well, do you you think they'll take the show off the off the? Take, do you think they'll take cuties off? You know, so these you know I know their girl eleven year old girls are grabbing their crotch and stuff, but you know i i maybe they just made a mistake you think they'll take it off so we can watch the other stuff do you think our complaints and they won't even complain right so now this article says netflix cheer star and biden campaign surrogate jerry harris you heard of jerry harris i don't know the guy the the the, the show cheer jerry harris The star of that has been charged with producing, not just watching, not just having it on your computer like Anthony Weiner back there in Washington. Now, this is uh, he's producing. He's actually making child pornography, according to the uh, the charges against him. This is your next flick net Netflix hero, Jerry Harris. Right. Just I know you're just going to watch with one eye open (laughs) just one eye open i mean how sick do you have sick i i just thought i saw you know how well anyway i I better wait let's see it's uh i need to take a break here so so we keep on time here so i'll get into the rest of this in a second hold on and uh we've got some clips for you to listen to and i'll be right
4: back
3: somebody must have kicked you around so
4: The fact is, I did more in 47 months as president than Joe Biden did in 47 years. It's true. It's true. I withdrew from last administration's disastrous Iran nuclear deal. We killed the founder and leader of ISIS, al-Baghdadi. We eliminated the world's number one terrorist and mass murder of American troops, Qasim Soleimani. He's dead. He's gone. Biden voted for the Iraq war. He opposed the mission to take out Osama bin Laden. He opposed killing Soleimani. He oversaw the rise of ISIS. And he cheered the rise of China as a very positive development. Oh, really? Tell me about it. Uh, Tell me about it. Not too positive. Joe Biden has been on the wrong side of history for 47 years. In fact, the Secretary of State, Secretary of Defense said about him, he's never called it right. He never called it right. If we had listened to Joe, hundreds of thousands more Americans would right now have died.
0: Wait a minute. Peter didn't shoot my son. I did. Peter was just taking the blame for me. He's a good friend.
8: Uh, Mr. Brown, what exactly are you saying?
0: I'm saying that I, Cleveland Brown, a black man, shot Cleveland Brown Jr., another black man. Wait, where where did everybody go? You want to make the media go away? Just mention black-on-black crime.
6: Netflix released a new movie called Cuties, it's about 11-year-old girls who are part of a twerking dance troupe. That's right. This movie is beyond disturbing. In fact, it's child pornography. It portrays 11-year-old children doing explicitly sexual dances, posing in sex positions, touching themselves sexually on a stage. The movie also reveals the naked breast of one of the 11-year-old girls and features crotch shots of the girls while they are dancing. I refuse to rebroadcast the scenes to show you because I refuse to take part in the exploitation of these innocent little girls. But make make no mistake, this movie is child pornography, period. In fact, IMDB's parental warning warns that scenes in the movie are, quote, legally defined as pedophilia. And they're right. Reportedly, one of the scenes from the movie, the shirt of the 11-year-old girl is pulled up to reveal her breast. She is a minor She's a child. That is child pornography. First of all, the parents of the girls in this movie should lose custody for pimping out their 11-year-old daughters, profiting off the sexualization of their children. This is abuse. If a father posted a video on YouTube of his 11-year-old daughter touching herself sexually for the camera and then lifting her shirt to reveal her breast, he'd be arrested in a second. So why is it okay for parents to pimp out their daughters just because Netflix wants to broadcast it to millions of people? What is wrong with Netflix? If you encourage children to behave in sexual ways, to pose in graphic, explicit sexual poses and engage in sexual touching for the camera, you are a sexual predator. If you defend this movie, like the Daily Beast, who says, Cuties, the coming-of-age film that landed Netflix in hot water, is this month's must-watch. You are enabling pedophilia. Think about how many pedophiles are watching this film. And no, don't pretend the quality of the film itself outweighs the controversial dancing by the young girls. No. If you enjoy watching 11-year-olds twerk, you are a creep. If you taught 11-year-olds to touch themselves on camera, you are abominable. If you defend Netflix airing this child pornography, you are enabling abuse. Now, I'm not a huge fan of boycotts in general, but enough is enough. If we don't protect the innocence of children from predators who sexually exploit them, then what are we even doing? So go, tell Netflix. Either get rid of this child pornography off their site or cancel your Netflix account.
5: It's all right
4: if you don't wanna go home. It's all right if you don't want to be alone. It's all right if you don't want to go home. Oh, I understand, I understand, I understand. Nothing says if it's got to go now.
9: All right, I'm back. To show you how, how things have changed morally, like my dad and mom never went to church. I wasn't raised that way. But, of course, they, they got TV when it came out in the night, they, late 40s, and they watched it through the 50s, 60s, 70s, and then they, then they died off, right? They died. So my dad was having some vision issues as he got older in his late 60s. And so my sister went out and bought him a big-screen TV. Well, back then, a big-screen TV, a Zenith, was the size of a refrigerator, a small refrigerator, and— uh but it it but it had pretty good quality and it had a big old screen and so anyway when she brought it in and she got him some programming right and she got him HBO and HBO was just starting i mean HBO was tame back then so one night you know you know how for the older people you know how TV was back then it was very circumspect it was very there was no nudity, there was it was language, everything was very controlled. So HBO had nudity. And I remember my dad called my sister. And uh so some program came on. I didn't have HBO. I didn't even have a TV set, but uh, where I lived. But he he said to my sister, he said, You know that this show, we had a lady didn't even have any clothes on. And, 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 you know, she did, you know, she was bare breast. And it just sent him over the edge. He just said, I don't want to watch that. This guy is not a church guy, right? I mean, he drank alcohol, smoked cigarettes, cussed a little bit. Uh, Once in a while, right? Things got sent him over the edge. But he had better morals than people I go to church with. And so. He kept the TV set but he eliminated the HBO service. But now you see where we we got porn, we got child porn. People saying, well, and then I I saw somebody commented on Facebook like she's a local gal around here that was sex trafficked and now she's a big spokesperson for sex trafficking, right? For anti, you know, to be aware of sex trafficking. So she made a comment like, well, you know, we got people, sex, everybody's got their gig, right? It's like, whatever your issue was, you're a heroin addict or whatever, you're a prostitute or whatever, not trafficked. You just said, Hey, I, I want to be a prostitute. Like I had, I know some, right. They used to be in juvenile hall. We're friends, but that's what they do. So anyway, she says, she said, Oh yeah, you know, well we got sex trafficking. You're talking about all this stuff on TV. Well, the fact is, you know, uh, do, you're paying for this service to come into your house. You're, you're not getting it for free. You're paying for it. And we got these—you these that these, you know, they know exactly what they're doing producing these things, these young girls that aren't even developed hardly yet. And they're grabbing their crotch, and they're running around acting like they're having sex, right? And, and most of these Christian people are just justifying how they can keep Netflix— And just pray and write, have a letter campaign and an email campaign and darn you, you better knock it off. And then this guy, now we got Jerry Harris, uh, is producing child pornography. Unbelievable. Well, what can you say? You know, I, I got a guy sent this to me and you know how the different politicians on the left always try to claim something they are like uh, Elizabeth Warren claimed she was, was she Cherokee? I don't know what she was in. She was some kind of native American, right? Until she wasn't. And there's a lot, all kinds of, you know, in other words, you, whatever you want to be, if I want to, I'm Caucasian, but if I want to be black and I believe it hard enough, I could just get a tan, maybe dye my hair, wear a wig. And I could like, you know, I could just like, I'm, I'm black, black lives matter. I'm black. So, you know, and so then, then we get Kamala Harris, who, if you just glance at it, you say, Oh, she's black, but she really isn't, she's not African American. She's Jamaican Indian, not American Indian. She's East Indian, like Hindu Indian. And so she tries to tell everybody how she's African American, but she's not, right? So this, this is a nice picture of her, her. She's laughing. She's an attractive person. And it says, my Indian name, question mark, and it says spread eagle. I just thought, it just caught me funny, you know. And because, you know, the fact is, she, like a lot of people, she slept her way to the top. A lot of females, they not all of them, but I mean, some do. And she slept with uh, Willie Brown while, in fact, the same wife is still with Willie. I don't know why she is. Maybe she's de- demented. I don't know. But she stuck with him. And, and so when Will, Willie was about 50 or 60, Camilla was 20 and uh, uh, or so. And he uh, she provided him sexual favors, and she, he provided her with great jobs. So I thought maybe instead of... Uh, Anyway, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, other terms you could slide in there than spread eagle, but that's uh, but that's her Indian name. But right now she's not wanting anybody to know that she's Jamaican Indian and wanting her to think she's she was a slave. By the way, her parents were wealthy. Did you know that? She never struggled anywhere in her life. Private schools, good schools. Mom was a uh, science researcher and dad was a lecturer at Stanford University. They divorced, and Mom moved up to uh, Toronto, I think, and lectured and was involved in science up there. And Dad was down here. So she she did the shuttle between Mom and Dad. And uh, so that's that's that. My friend Cindy, who used to be and well, she may still dabble in law enforcement. She's trying to completely retire, but she helps train TIP volunteers. She sent this to me. And I I think I've read it before. It's uh, pretty cute, actually. But it makes a point. uh, The liberal lie. And the title is, I put the title on it, He Wanted to Be President. So it says, The the neighbors, my neighbors, were just out walking their dog during our friendly conversation. I asked their little boy what he wanted to be when he grows up. He said he wanted to be president someday. Both his parents, Democrats... We're standing there. So I asked him, if you were president, what would be the first thing you would do? Well, he replied, I'd give food and houses to all the homeless people. His parents beamed with pride. Wow, what a worthy goal, I said. But you don't have to wait until you're president to do that. What do you mean, he said. So I told him, you can come over to my house and mow the lawn, pull the weeds, trim my hedge, and I'll pay you $50. Then you can go over to the grocery store where the homeless guy hangs out, and you can give him the $50 to use toward food and a new house. The boy thought over, thought it over for a few seconds. Then he looked me straight in the eye and asked, why, don't, why doesn't the homeless guy come over and do the work, and you can just pay him directly for the $50? And so then Cindy says, "Welcome to the Republican Party." And her the parents don't speak to her very often anymore. It's a little lesson in liberalism. This is another one sent to me, making I I, I title it "Making Way for the Handicapped." I don't know what that's is. That the cool way to say that anymore? I, handicapped, disabled, disadvantaged. I don't know nothing. You, don't, you c- hardly can't say anything correct anymore. Today, he said uh, the guy says, I had to go to Lowe's. To, you know, this is where I went a few hours ago, L-O-W-E-S, Lowe's. Today, I had to go to Lowe's, the guy says. As I approached the entrance, I noticed a driver looking for a parking space. I flagged the driver and, noted, and pointed out a handicapped parking space that was open and available. The driver looked puzzled. He rolled down their window and said, I'm not handicapped. <laughs> I love this. This is awesome. Well, as you can imagine, my face was red. Oh, I'm sorry, I said. I saw your I'm riding with Biden bumper sticker and just assumed that you suffer from a mental disorder. <laughs> I, th- I thought, how come I can't think of these things at the right time? I'm riding with Biden Stickers just assumed you were suffering from a mental disorder. They gave me the finger and screamed some nasty names at me. Boy, some people don't appreciate it when you're just trying to help them out. All right. So the other thing that was sent to me this afternoon, in fact, I was starting to say, and then we ran out of time, that uh, there's a discussion here. You know, we can't even open the schools, right? The kids... The most susceptible people to die from COVID were elderly people that we forced to go into the most precarious situations, and we killed them in convalescent hospitals, right? That's like kind of like the Holocaust. We, the Newsom Holocaust is in the, the newsom Lou Holocaust, L-U-U Holocaust. That's we shoved them in the convalescent hospitals so they could all croak together. And so uh, the most uh, worldwide, in fact, Sweden never even shut their schools down in the younger years and the elementary school years. And Norway and Denmark, neighboring uh, countries that made fun of them or mocked them or took pot shots at them initially, now are saying they did the right thing. And what the CDC and who and everybody else, even the gnarly liars, have said is that kids are dang near just completely immune to this thing. They may get it in their system, but it doesn't do much for them. And then some of you naysayers, oh well, I heard that there was a little there was a little boy that died. I'm not saying nobody ever dies. In fact. I run trauma intervention program. Let's see our list right here. We've done 26 calls. What day is it today? 17. We've done 26 calls in 17 days. And almost every one of these calls, somebody died. They either were shot, run over, hung themselves, drowned, uh, OD'd, or they died of just natural causes. And not once did Dr. Lou show up and weep over any of these deaths. These are Ubisetter deaths, all Ubisetter deaths. Nobody from uh mental health showed up to offer condolences. The supervisors, not one supervisor, not one city council showed any concern over the deaths, not one of these are a COVID death. Not one is a COVID death, and not one person in leadership in Sutter counties gave a damn about him didn't give a damn didn't call him didn't send him a, th- uh, a a you know a sympathy note didn't send flowers in fact we got a boy that's a 15 year old 13 14 15 year old boy that burned to death in the this fire we just forced fire we just had he's he's got local roots here and the you can't even have a funeral because it can't have more than 50 people. You got to have less than 50 people. So some people just can't come. Isn't this ridiculous? To a cold, it's entire. It's entirely a sham. It's a farce. And for, you know, the, the amazing thing, it's one thing if politicians are doing this. But when you have medical doctors to claim they have a medical doctor degree. And they are jacking people around over masks and social distancing and say, well, you can't go say goodbye to your cousin or your nephew or your brother or 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 that burned to death in this damn fire that's actually Gavin Newsom's fault. Can't do that. Because why? They're going to catch COVID. You know they aren't going to catch COVID. It's just you're jacking people around to turn this country into a communist country. And most people do not have the spaldings to jack-slap you up against the wall and tar it. Somebody said at the uh, conference yesterday they used to tar and feather judges and run them totally out of town when they got crooked. They just take them out, strip them down, and put tar on their body and throw chicken feathers all over them and let them figure out how to get that off. You know something, people? We have just become such big pussies. Nobody will stand up for anything. When I go into stores, I don't wear a mask. People just kind of look at me like, what planet did you get off of? I think the good planet, the good, the really good planet. And I don't know, I don't know where your head's at, dude. Sucking your own disease. Jeez. So anyway, we are ignoring all the deaths. They're just, devouring our population that have nothing to do with COVID and make it a big old deal. Oh, we had another death today. Everybody tell talk about, oh, did you know we had another death? Somebody died. Somebody stopped breathing. Oh, yeah, COVID. They were 144 years old, had lung cancer. Somebody stabbed them in the eye with a big 14-inch steak knife, but they died of COVID. Oh, my God. So my friend sends me this article that I thought was so perfect. Glass tables, like coffee tables. The first scar I ever got was when I was wrestling on the couch when I was a youngster. And got tipped over and I, I collided at the corner of my eye, at the eyebrow, with the corner of the coffee table. And the coffee table won, and I needed some little stitches up there, right, so that was the first scar I ever got was off a coffee table because I was jumping around and going nuts on the couch. so this article says glass tables, coffee tables cause over two point five million injuries. how can we How can we stand it? We need to get rid of every coffee table right now, Purge every coffee table. we need to have the Nazis, the coffee table Nazis go door to door and remove every coffee table and take them to the dump immediately. How, how could we let this go on for so long? 2.5 million injuries every year, including abrasions, lacerations, and organ, organ damage. My God, organ damage that requires surgery. The study revealed most involved of all people, the children. Now we can't even find any kids that got sick from COVID. But Dr. Liu, in order to open up the schools, why would did have you ever thought of this? Who owns the schools? Who owns it? If we had a major meltdown in our society who who can use them the union does the union teachers' union own the schools? Does the government the government own the schools do the people own the schools? Could we go in and just ignore? Dr. Lou and nor the union and find a bunch of teachers that aren't union teachers and just go use the schools and clean them ourselves as communities. Just take over the schools, take over radicals took over college buildings. When I was in, when I was in uh, college, people have taken over buildings all the time. So we have no children getting sick from COVID, but they can't go back to school. And Dr. Lou says, well, in order to do that, you have to first, you have to explain your plan and put it on a website. And then you have to talk to the union and all the labor people. And then you have to do this, and then you have to do that. And, and then you have to, uh, you know, you just have to uh, solve all kinds of different uh, little, you have to jump through all kinds of little hoops. Dot this, file this form, do this, take temperatures, all that kind of stuff. Wear gloves, wear masks. You got to do this. Why? Doesn't make any science sense. It's just game. It's a big old game. It's a political game. And then after you do all that, then she has to submit all that to the state health director. The other night... Some of my friends went to the city council meeting and asked them to open the city. And Dave Shaw says, we, there's nothing we can do about it. I thought, oh, I didn't hear him talk like that when he, when he was running for office. I thought he could fix everything. I thought he was the man. I thought he was the man we needed. Now he just can't seem to, we just don't have any clout. Can't do anything. I thought, oh, that's interesting. You know, when are we just going to say, Dr. Lou, pack your shit and get out of town? Pack your little medical bag and get out of here. And and uh, Mr. Newsom, I don't know what you're going to do with your life, but we're not following your rules anymore. And it's over. By the way, all you people out there that got liquor licenses and all these special state licenses, if you'll talk to the people like the uh, constitutional, the group, I can't remember the group now, the constitutional law group, if you want to get a hold of me, I'll help you connect with them and there are ways that we can just tell them to go fly a kite on a lot of these licenses, occupational licenses. It has nothing to do with health and welfare of the consumer. It has everything to do with getting more money for the state. Now, this this boondoggle of trying to open the schools up is just that. What we need to do is just say We don't need the unions. We're just going to open up that. All we need to do is have the building. We already paid for it. You already paid for it. It's in our taxes. And we're going to use some rooms and we're going to get some teachers and we're going to teach our kids. And if you don't like it, Dr. Lou, you can just go get yourself a day job, a real job where you actually fix sick people instead of like playing all this hocus pocus political stuff. In fact, I'm looking to prosecute. Dr. Lou and the supervisors for crime against crimes against humanity. That's what I'm looking to do because anybody that has done and keeps saying, well, I don't, I don't think we can do anything about it. You are responsible. You're no different than the Nazi death camp guards who just said, well, we're just doing our job. Did you know people are dying? Oh yeah. We heard all kinds of statistics yesterday in the conference. Escalated statistics and poor mental health. Everything. Do you think these any of these people care about that? They do not. It isn't about COVID, people. I don't know what I'm. I don't know how it's, what it's going to take to get it through your brain. It is not about a cough. The coronaviruses. One of my friends educated me on what the coronaviruses are. They've been around for many, many moons. Probably before you were involved. They are just a source of the cold, the common cold. And they're just different derivations of them. And if you think all this thing, they're all concerned about your health, I'm telling you, you're in a bad way. We're going to be right back to our fifth segment here in just a minute.
4: You know, sometimes, I don't know why, but this old town just seems so hopeless. I ain't really sure, but it seems I remember the good times with just a little bit more in focus. But when she puts her around me, I want to start by saying, hello, Nevada, how are you doing? How are you? And I'm thrilled to be in Douglas County, but people are coming from all over the place. There's a lot of people for Douglas County, isn't it? We have thousands and thousands of loyal, hardworking American patriots. That's what we have. And 52 days from now, we're going to win Nevada. And we're going to win four more years in the White House. And then after that, we'll negotiate, right? Because we're probably, based on the way we were treated, we're probably entitled to another four after that. And it should never happen to another president. It's just a dishonest group of people. But here we are. And we're going to be here for another four years. You know, the governor of your state tried very hard to stop us from having this event tonight. He didn't like us having. They can have riots and they can have all sorts of things and that's okay. You can burn up the house. That's OK. You know, you call it uh, we call this a protest because if you call it a protest, you're allowed to have it. We forget. So if anybody asks you outside, this is called a friendly protest. OK, it's true. They have you can't have political rallies. You, that's because of me, because of Biden, we're here he about three people.
3: This perfect storm, the debate is over around climate change. Just come to the state of California. Observe it with your own eyes. It's not an intellectual debate, it's not even debatable. The debate is over around climate change.
7: California's rogue governor says the fires are due to climate change. But anyone with a modicum of awareness knows that this is an outrageous lie. We know exactly what causes the California wildfire. It is the result of two factors dry seasons, and people. Official state records have only been kept since the 1950s, and 2020 has been the most destructive season on record. But this isn't a new phenomenon, and the fires of the past were more destructive than the modern era. Through studies of tree rings and other natural evidence, researchers have documented multiple droughts in California during the past thousand years including one that began in the year 850, which lasted two and a half centuries. Before European settlers arrived in California, indigenous peoples used controlled burns to manage the dry season and to increase and improve their harvest. It is estimated they would burn 4.4 million acres of forest each year, and that is twice as much as 2020. Studies have shown that 97% of all forest fires are caused by humans. Smoking, campfires, and other accidents have always been a problem. Experts blame the recent wildfires on fire suppression and an overabundance of wood fuel. One of the reasons why the indigenous people burned so much forest was to keep this under control. Aside from human accidents, there is also arson, And we have seen plenty of arson in 2020. It's been sort of the theme. If this country doesn't give us what we want, then we will burn down this system and replace it. Several people have been arrested for starting fires along the entire West Coast. Homeowners are catching arsonists on their property. There are reports of people throwing Molotov cocktails out of moving vehicles on the freeway.
2: (laughs) 213 Northbound
8: 205. It's a dark Subaru with Texas plates
7: throwing pop cocktails. And there are videos of arsonists setting people's homes on fire. We know for certain that at least one of the arrested arsonists is directly involved with the BLM Antifa movement. And the rest certainly seem to fit the bill. Local news is reporting on it. A
8: man has been arrested, accused of starting this fire. One of two men accused of intentionally setting fire to fields along freeways.
7: But the FBI and the mainstream media are in full denial. A Clackamas County Sheriff's deputy was placed on administrative leave after warning locals about coordinated arson attacks. What I'm worried about is that there's people stashing stuff, right? Right. It means that they're going to go in in preparation. Mm -hmm. Right. And I don't want to sound like some doomsdayer, but it's getting serious. And the Democrat Party is telling you it is all climate change. Mother
2: Earth is angry, she's telling us, whether she's telling us with hurricanes on the Gulf Coast, fires in the West, whatever it is, that the climate crisis is real and has an impact.
7: And telling you that the fires will soon come to your town if you don't vote for climate change.
1: What we're experiencing right here is coming to community all across the United States of America, unless
3: we get our act together on climate change.
7: Which is a pretty nasty threat considering how many cities across America have burned by the hands of radical leftists over the summer. The 2006 film Apocalypto beautifully illustrated how the ancient Mayans' advanced knowledge of astronomy could have been used to frighten the superstitious masses into offering their own to be sacrificed on the altar of false idols, who had the power to blacken out the sun. And there is nothing new under the sun. People today will throw away their children's birthright because of ignorance, faith in false idols, and their blatant... you find sisters
4: and brothers Together gonna give back
9: I want you to open up your eyes Cause what you don't have gonna make a little wiser all right, welcome back. Well we're talking about coffee tables and the devastation that they're having on young people. You know when you, you live life, <clears throat> you play football, ride bicycles, jump off high, high spots, swing out into the river. Here we used to we swing off the high trees out into the river. Uh, you know, you do things uh, there's a little bit of risk everywhere. So this is a big old article that really plays good to all the safe space people. It's just like, oh, my God, coffee tables. It, it's a serious article. Consumer Product Commission, the NEIS database, takes statistical samples from roughly 100 hospitals with 24-hour ERs, more than 1,800 injuries related to glass tables reported. In our, it's like pretty soon. It's like, are we going to allow people to live and like have accidents? and hurt themselves, and tackle each other, and break a leg. 1792 of the faulty ta- faulty table injuries, these faulty tables, they reached out and just almost killed my son. The table had reached out and tackled him. 15% of the injuries in the system were classified as severe. It was a severe, he actually bled. There was blood really dripping off his chin. Oh, my God. While falls are often associated with the elderly, most of the victims were either under age seven or in their early twenties. Well, under seven, that would have been me horse horsing around twenties. That would have been they were drunk, man. That's what the, that's how they fell. They got drunk. They were mixing it with oxy, and they passed out and they fell into the table. But they here we no one is responsible. We're all victims now. So even if you're jumping up and down and using the couch as a trampoline and then you try to flip and then you land on the coffee table, that's somebody else's fault. The couch sprung you over the wrong way. Or if you were loaded, you'd knocked down a fifth and took some oxy and you fell over and hit your head on the coffee table, that means the coffee table should have had little buffer pads on the corner. It is imperative, it says, to push for stricter regulation as consumers of glass tables should not be incurring life-threatening trauma injuries due to the neglect of manufacturers in not using tempered glass. So on coffee tables, they just have normal glass. In other words, if you hit it hard, it just breaks in chunks. Different from your glass in front of your face as you drive down the road, if you get a big rock into that it will splinter and ultimately bad it will go out into little chunks right so it doesn't cut you in like i had a friend before they did that i have a friend in high school that when i met her she'd already been in an accident went through the front window and it cut her all the way from the ear all the way to her the edge of her mouth she had a big old scar that was before plastic surgery was good now she's all looking hot again but but it it really goofed her up for a number of years But it wasn't tempered glass back then, just big chunks of glass. So now we're going to blame the glass. So you can't have any glass coffee tables. Maybe we should have like upholstered coffee tables. So I wanted to talk some about like, have have you seen the aerial shots of how these fires are starting? You know, Gavin Newsom says it's all climate change. Some people say, don't blame it on Black Lives Matter. They're nice people. And Antifa, they're really good people. And they would never hurt anybody. And they're just trying to get racial equality. Well, we got a Fresno man arrested in connection to a wildfire near Big Sur. Fresno man arrested near Highway 1. Ivan Geronimo Gomez, 30, booked at Monterey County Jail. Arson of forest lands. Bales set at $2 million. Fire Fire burned 2,500 acres in the Los Padres National Forest. These are just, I just took a little time and surveyed the internet. A man arrested Sunday for using a Molotov cocktail to start a brush fire near an East Portland freeway was released from jail. And then he went out. And he was got arrested again for starting six more fires. Well, shazam. What did they think was going on? Officers, anyway, I won't get into all the weeds on this because I want to tell you some of the highlights here. Then there was a pickup described as a small white or silver 1990s Nissan and hard body with a black canopy was seen in the area of, of one of the fires. A bunch of other fires up and down the freeway. If you look at the f- fires where they started, it's just like people threw stuff out of the freeway and started them right off, as they're driving down, right? Arson suspect arrested after allegedly starting multiple fires in Spokane, Washington. A woman is behind bars after she is suspected of starting fires east of Spokane. Uh, okay. So uh, officer Mohandro arrived on scene. He saw some glass and a pallet on fire outside of a commercial business. Now that's not a lightning into a forest. The SPD said there were no power lines around, and there did not seem to be a reason for the start of the fire unless it was human-caused. Then he saw another fire just a couple blocks away. Well, darn, that looks like it may be a pattern. SPD said the fire was next to an old oil drum under a tree, which gave the fire the potential to explode into something much larger. Officer Mahandro asked for more units. Police then detained 36-year-old Christine Comello. Comello lied about her name to police, and it was later discovered she had a warrant for arrest. She was booked for second-degree arson, first-degree arson, and burglary. Then we have a man arrested in Eugene, Oregon. 44-year-old man was arrested Tuesday on suspicion of arson in a wildfire that has burned 400 acres and prompted evacuations west of Eugene, Oregon. Elias, Newton, Pendergrass, first-degree arson. The fire burned nearly 400 acres. Some areas still under evacuation. It was near the city. Let's see what else here. Then, oh, here's another one. Arson suspect arrested in connection with multiple California fires. 32 year old man accused of setting multiple fires in in the area, massive brush fire in San Bernardino National Forest. Brandon N. McGlover, or Glover, has been booked on five counts of arson, may face additional charges, investigation, started the so called Cranston Fire, which fire officials said burnt nearly 5,000 acres, remains just 5% contained, five homes were destroyed, 600 More remain under threat just on a Riverside involved Riverside County. Next next article, four arrested. Oh, brother, my computer freaked out. Four arrested for arson on the West Coast. These are different than the ones I just read. One is a regular attendee of anti-cop rallies in Seattle. Four incidents. Two in Washington, one in Oregon, another in California. Mike Bakella, 41, accused of arson, partially sparking the massive Alameda or Alameda fire according to Oregon State Fire Marshal two counts of arson 15 counts of criminal mischief 14 counts of rec- reckless and dangerous. the Jackson County Sheriff's office in a news release uh, they saw a guy identified Bakela lighting a fire behind their house on Quail Lane because there was an impending blaze the residents who saw him set the fire saw him set the fire had to flee their home He was arrested. Uh, The Alameda fire destroyed 700 homes and resulted in two fatalities. Folks, this is serious. This isn't just playing around. These people are serious, no matter whether they're in their right mind, wrong mind, or deceived mind. Jeffrey Acord has been accused of setting a fire on Highway 167. He live-streamed himself on the scene of the fire and reported it to the police. Drivers saw him, Jacob Altona, 28, another guy, Jacob Altona, uh, we have Bakella, and then we have Jeffrey Alcord, or Acord, and then we have Jacob Altona, 28, has also been arrested in connection to an arson. Additional, Anita Esquivel, 37, has been arrested for deliberately setting fires in California, according, according to the California Highway Patrol. The news comes as Democrat politicians continue to blame the fires across the region on climate change. Politicians such as Bernie Sanders are largely using the devastation to push for a Green New Deal, but continue to ignore the reality of poor forest management and environmentalist policies that contribute to the massive wildfires such as putting an emphasis on fire suppression rather than prescribed burning. Gavin Newsom has used the tragedy to declare the debate around climate change. It's over. Like, it's over. Test is in. All the tests, all the research, it's over. Climate change. That's why I'm standing in smoke. I can't see my my nose. He said the debate is over around climate change. Just come to the state of California. Observe it with your own eyes, Newsom said with a grin. It's not an intellectual debate. It's navi, not, not even debatable. So on Saturday, the National Interagency Fire Center reported that 97 fires have burned 4.7 million acres across the West. I don't know where the lightning's coming from. There are no storms over here. Twenty-nine thousand firefighters. People died. All kinds of things destroyed. I I don't know. It's just a, it's a terrible situation. So uh. You, you, There's a U.S. Senator Steve Daines, D-A-I-N-E-S. He's fighting a tough battle to keep his seat with the Senate. He's in Montana. I thought this is the most intelligent thing I've heard in a while. He said, the bottom line is this. Either we manage the forests or the forests are going to manage us. Well, in California, folks, (laughs) we manage managing nothing over here. We're not managing the water. We're not managing the forests. We're not managing Jack. In fact, we don't even arrest people anymore we just we just catch and release like fishing we just catch and release right? It's unbelievable i mean you gotta i think if I went and shot my neighbor, which I've been tempted to do ru- routinely, they would definitely put me in jail and uh for a capital crime like that uh so let let me just let me just cover this I'm gonna spend some time on fire here. Because uh, I, I used to work for the fire department. Anyway, this former fire chief, Dell Albright, uh, he said 25 to 30 years ago, a 10,000 to 15,000-acre fire was a huge fire. Now we are experiencing a 100,000 to 400,000-acre fire regularly. Question is why? Gavin says it's climate change. He says, I'd like to offer my perspective. Over 30 years of government service, including my 30 years of government service, 26 years of fire service, I have a master's degree in prescribed burning. He says, no, it is not global warming. No, it is not understaffed or ill-trained firefighters. No, it is not Mother Nature getting even with our urban sprawl. No, it is not careless campers or hunters. No, it is not kids with matches. You wonder, well, what the dickens is it? He says, yes. It is a combination of many things, but more importantly, it is the lack in bold black letters of forest, brushland, grassland management caused by wacko, radical, and viral groups imposing excessive regulations and restrictions on our ability to keep the West safe from wildfire. Here are the key takeaways from from uh, that I want to leave you: the lack of controlled burning prescribed prescribed fire that means you set a fire to accomplish a certain end is directly responsible for the huge buildup of flammable fuels it's interesting to in the cities where i live in the in a community small community we we manage all our fuel and we keep it to a minimum so we don't get a fire you know we we do it locally we, that's how we do it we, but when they get to the forest they just let everything go to hell the end of maintaining fire breaks or roads in forested areas leaves firefighters with inadequate access. Did you know that the environmentalists have now eliminated all those roads? So they just let these fires go. The end of logging and good timber management as we used to know it is directly responsible for forests that are now tender boxes. Let us take a deeper look at those reasons. Controlled burns. Going back. This is really cool. I love this stuff. Going back to the Native Americans. In America, that seems obvious. Controlled burning, later called prescribed fire, have saved the West from huge conflagrations. For you out in and Linda, that's a really funky fire. By burning large brush fields and using fire to thin understory brush in the forest, we kept the big ones at bay. We had programs designed to reduce chaparral in the West. That's a type of brush thus limiting the ability for fires to get ragingly out of control. In the early days of settling the West, ranchers regularly burned brush fields to make way for grazing and wildlife habitat. The entire program of controlled or prescribed fire is a near thing of the past. Roads and fire breaks, he wants to talk about now. He says, when I started with the fire service in the 1970s, We had regularly scheduled building, repairing, cleaning, and maintaining fire breaks around rural housing areas and developments. We kept fire roads cleared and usable for large fire equipment. We had access to remote areas which allowed us to attack fires when they were very small. Roads provided a place to start a safe backfire. Oh, backfires. Another art nearly lost today due to the liability and excessive oversight by the media and radical and viral groups who have political power. Logging and Timber Management If you live in the Pacific Northwest, you probably remember the sawmills. They're all gone for the most part, because the radical environmental rules have made logging a financial nightmare. You wonder why wood is so expensive these days. Well, we can't log, that's why. Yes, there are still a few holdouts, logging here, logging there, but the feds are hampered, By so many regulations and restrictions that our timber stands either get bug-infested or succumb to wildfires. In other words, they go to waste. We used to thin the forest stands regularly. Fire crews, inmate crews, machines that munch up the underbrush, and and yes, even pesticides to keep the forest healthy. Now you can pick about any state in the West with timber and you see more bug-filled trees than live ones. In our western grasslands... The lack of proactive landscape management in desert states has resulted in vast acreages dominated by cheatgrass fire cycle that is ruining wildlife habitat and causing bigger and more damaging conflagrations. This invasive species needs to be managed, and those western deserts will, or the deserts will never be the same, nor will our wildlife species. In other words, letting things go is never good. You can't let yourself go. You can't let your house go. You can't let your car go. You can't let anything go or it gets crappier. But we've let all our timber go. In timber areas, for the most part, we no longer control pests. We don't control bugs. We no longer do any substantial thinning of the underbrush. Logging is kaput. Forest management is just a facade, a fake It is not the fault of our public land managers. It is the imposition of radical regulation. It's politics. Summary. I'm telling you people, this is it right here. This guy's got it dialed in. In fact, I got an 80-year-old timber guy up in Yuba County that drives around with a shotgun in front of his pickup because he's got to protect his own life up there. And he'll tell you the exact same thing. I've had conversations with him on the phone. Public land management summary. Public land management is no longer based on science. It's based on politics. The same goes for wildlife management. Radical and viral groups lobby politicians and raise untold dollars in support to stop, in capital bold letters, all the things that will make our forests, brushlands, and deserts safe and healthy. It is ironic and pathetic because for all the efforts to save the world, they are destroying our world piece by piece. To see fires in California reach a half a million acres is beyond belief. What can we do? We must stop the silliness and the overregulations and allow sound public land management, never forgetting that public lands are for the people. We need to help good politicians get elected and stay in office, recall bad politicians, do everything in our power to negate, refute, or stop the radical movement that has stagnated and destroyed our natural resources. Now, let me tell you something. We we under the Clinton administration, we nearly actually completely stopped the southern Oregon and northern California timber industry over one owl. I don't think I'm going to have time, but under the Obama administration, right before Trump took office, in fact, the legislation took effect when he took office, we permitted the killing, butchering by windmills of tens of thousands of eagles if they paid the government like $30,000, $40,000, $50,000 permit to, to chop up eagles, because they couldn't keep the birds out of the big windmills. Those windmills, or the span of a windmill, is like the span of a jetliner. And they move so fast and, and create a vortex that sucked those birds in and chop them up. And so, if you ever thought that the environmentalists, whether it's the Audubon Society or the Sierra club were into birds and creatures. You are way wrong. It's all about politics. And, and they essentially, those fires in the North state, I don't know whether there's any spotted owls left up there. If those forests burn, that means your spotted owl burned up with them. So we got no timber industry. You burned the timber down. You burned all the spotted owls because there's no management of your forest. We, we're coming into a, a final break here, and then we're going to do one more segment and call it a Saturday.
5: About coming here to Alabama or you know, getting busted in or doing some shit here, you might not want to do that. I'm gonna be honest. Just stay all asses the fuck home because the worst thing that happens is you come down here thinking that you're gonna start some kind of fucking revolution and burn down some local businesses that we use, and you're gonna get your neck broke, your teeth kicked in, and your shit pushed back. And when you really don't want that. Let me just go ahead and tell you. So, again, All aspiring ANTHFA members, stay y'all asses the fuck out of Alabama. Or at least just stay the fuck home and tweet about it, man. Come on now. Be safe.
8: Before you start calling people racist, why don't you check your facts? Every time someone says something stupid like this to me, I have to remind them that I am a Hispanic Latina attorney in the state of California. And let me tell you something. You want to accuse me of putting black and Hispanic people in jail? Well, let me remind you something. As a prosecutor in the family violence unit who deals with domestic violence and crimes against children, most of my victims, if not all, are black or Hispanic. And my job is to advocate for them, not for the criminals that have destroyed their lives.
4: Joe Biden brought you only endless wars. I'm bringing you peace, and I'm bringing our troops back home. They're all coming back. Endless wars. Biden voted for the Iraq War. He opposed the mission to take out Osama bin Laden. He opposed the killing of Soleimani. He oversaw the rise of ISIS. And he cheered the rise of China as a positive development for America and the world. When I banned China, from coming in highly infected. He said it was hysterical and xenophobic. If we had listened to Joe, hundreds of thousands more Americans would have died just by that one move alone.
3: I've always considered it a blessing to be born and live in a country founded on biblical principles, and I've made it my life's work to study the Constitution and share what I learned. Father of the American Revolution, Samuel Adams, made the following prophetic exhortation to his beloved countrymen. If ever a time should come when vain and aspiring men shall possess the highest seats in government, our country will stand in need of its experienced patriots to prevent its ruin. I believe, more than ever, that the time Adam spoke of is now. Cities in our country have been literally overtaken by lawless mobs, and their criminal occupations have been fully sanctioned by governors, mayors, sheriffs, and city councils. The anti-Christian, anti-American, pro-choice, avowed communist movement known as Black Lives Matter, which by the way, cares nothing for black lives, has been openly praised and embraced by professional sports organizations, massive media and entertainment conglomerates, along with civil government at all levels. In complete violation of their offices, governors around the country have stopped their state's economies, ruined the livelihood of their citizens, misused the police power of the state, leading to falsely imprisoning millions of people in their own homes, and announcing themselves as the author of a new normal. Our Supreme Court has determined they are God and have used their position in an attempt to normalize infant murder and self-sanctioned the rewrite of the sacred institution of marriage to include the abominable practice of homosexuality. The popular online entertainment streaming company known as Netflix is now airing child pornography for its viewers. In addition to this, the largest populated state in our union, California, has legalized pedophilia with consenting 14 year olds of both homosexual and heterosexual sex. And amidst all this, we've seen Christ removed from schools, prayers eliminated in our governments, and churches shut down to prevent gathering to worship. In the name of freedom, all moral concepts have been stripped away and their alternatives now have become the new societal norm. But when we eliminate all of our moral standards, when nothing is really considered to be wrong anymore, do we really have greater freedom? One of the nation's greatest orators, Daniel Webster, knew the answer to this present question. Hold on, my friends, to the Constitution and to the republic for which it stands. Miracles do not cluster, and what has happened once in 6,000 years may not happen again. Hold on to the Constitution, for if the American Constitution should fail... There will be anarchy throughout the world. You see, if America's constitution and the original Christian founding cannot be upheld, and if the authority granted by the law is ultimately used to destroy the law, there will be no freedom. Now is the time to, as our founders did, stand against the tyranny surrounding us. But as we do this, we must remember to appeal to the divine providence our founders did. God is the maker and giver of laws, and if we try to solve these issues without him, we may not see the same success our founding fathers did. This is Jake McCauley with the Institute on the Constitution, bringing you The American When film. I look around, all that I can see is people trying to shift the blame. When I look around, yeah, it's clear to me something about me ain't the same. Some people are cold, selling their soul. I don't want to be that way. Take a look around, Take a look at me I
9: ain't never okay, so let me tie on the forest thing let me tie it up here uh so we we've heard a lot about so you start a fires happen, it's just part of life, whether it's lightning, whether it's uh a spark off a car pulls over to get repaired there's something drops down on the dry grass it, there's hey, it's life. But whether or not things are devastating and, and are out of control is up to us and good management, right? So around my house, it's green. So if somebody throws a cigarette that's lit in my grass, if it was dry grass and a lot of it, it would catch fire. Like on where my neighbors were, Sierra Pacific, Sierra Select Management, Select Property Management at Yuba City, the most horrible management firm in the t- two counties who have let this sixplex go totally to pot, people pooping all up and down here. They left dry grass. If anybody throws a cigarette, and they just cleaned the whole place, but they didn't trim the dry grass. If people throw a cigarette in that dry grass, because of the lack of management, it will catch fire, and the fire department won't have to come out. If they throw a cigarette in my property because it's been maintained, it's not going to do any harm. Minimal, right? Right. So we have management issues, then you have Antifa and Black Lives Matters who if if you think, well why would they start a forest on fire? They're burning down your cities. Hello? They're burning up cop cars. Hello? So the other thing that's being ignored is what we what the Al Qaeda calls the forest jihad. So you can look back and for years the they uh the Muslims Radical Muslims have a strategy called the Forest Jihad, and it's championed by Al-Qaeda strategists. And it's supported and justified theologically by radical Islamic scholars. Uh, And so with this new weapon, terrorists believe maximum physical and financial damage can be afflicted to targeted countries at comparatively little risk. Isn't that true? You can go out tonight right now and you could find a field anywhere in our community that's not been mowed properly and you could light it on fire and just slip off in the darkness, little risk. They don't catch many arsonists. They don't. And so uh, Al Qaeda, this is a strategy of Al Qaeda. And, and when you look at one of the things Karl Marx wrote about is that in communism, communists aren't picky on who they fight side, side by side with, Anybody that's against the status quo or the way things are, they will tag team with. So Antifa and black lives matter will tag team. They will tag team with Muslims. They will tag team with any other group that wants to just tear down. They will tag team with criminals that want to just destroy or they, they're bitter at the country. So what you're going to have is all these people are, 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 it's just like in the Bible where all these kings would gather together and form for mutual benefit relationships because they all hit, hated Israel. Once they got done fighting Israel, then they then they fought each other because they only had common enemies. So they were friends because they had a common enemy. Now, this is what's going to happen right here. That's what's happening right here in this country. You have the George Soros, all these people financing the Soros family, the Tony Soros, the George Soros the soros foundation that's financing people like dr Lou coming into this country and putting her through school then she's leaning their way liberally and so you have all these people that are funded and you have millions what they have is they're well funded so they just finance the whole deal right and um so what we it's called the forest uh jihad now now, this happened, and it was set up to happen, right? Uh, and I don't know whether—I I didn't have time to find out whether Trump has rescinded this regulation. But they have allowed the bird blender industry, the wind industry, to pay uh, long-term permits of $36,000 apiece— some of these permits go up to 30 years, 30-year 30 permits. You just pay $36,000 a piece. Amazing. And they can almost kill as many eagles. Remember when eagles, that was a tremendous fine if you shot an eagle, you killed an eagle. Let me see if I can find the fine. Okay. Let me see. I thought I saw it here earlier today. Okay, here we go. Once upon a time, uh, I still haven't found it. So once upon a time, it was very, okay, under the Migratory Bird Treaty Act, all these acts that the environmentalists put through, right? And supposedly there was a, the, the bald eagle that our, our, we have on our flag and our, 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 our United States bird was dying. And under the Migratory Bird Treaty Act, it is illegal to kill and in, or injure eagles without a permit. The penalties can range up to a half a million dollars and two years in prison. Now that's that was my feeling like, hey, this these guys are serious about that. We're going to get some eagles back in this country, right? And it says, in the last 18 months, when this article was wrote, which is a bit ago, the Fish and Wildlife Service resolved five civil enforcement actions concerning unauthorized incidental taking of eagles at 15 different wind facilities. In other words, these wind plants, nobody took into consideration environmentalists. I want you to think about this. They want the wind. They don't give a dang about these birds and creatures. They resulted in $55,000 in civil penalties, which is that's not even like bubblegum money. And another $1.8 million to develop technologies to reduce the number of bird deaths. Now, two large wind farms were assessed fines in the past several years. In 2013, Duke Energy Renewables was found to be criminally liable for killing 163 protected birds. Now, all these, how, do you think, how do they know they killed them? It's all volunteer compliance. Nobody knows what they did. They just go out one morning, the guys riding around doing maintenance, and find all these birds dead all over the place. 163 birds, including 14 golden eagles and two of its wind farms in Wyoming. The company agreed to pay $1 million fine and another $900,000 in restitution and compensation mitigation. Then Pacific Court was the second wind injury in energy company to be prosecuted it paid 2.5 million for killing 38 golden eagles and hundreds of other protected birds in wyoming now who do you think paid for those the taxpayers paid for because we're subsidizing they can't make money on wind energy they can't sell it for enough money to make money for all it costs to put up those big turbines and run them so we got to supplement that and we're paying the fines for them Now it says according to Fish and Wildlife Service many 500 golden eagles are killed by collisions with wind towers power lines buildings cars and trucks each year. The American Bird Conservancy estimates that the wind industry kills over 2000 had killed over 2000 eagles in 3 decades. I mean this thing is just I mean I'm not even I'm covering the high points here. This is just see the Obama administration is further encouraging the continual development of wind energy by allowing wind farms to kill and injure more pr- protected birds. This is right, this happened right, and they launched it right when Trump took over. They, But they did all the voting and all the, in other words, so I don't know, I haven't, I'm next week I'll, I'll have it figured out on whether Trump rescinded all this. A 30-year permit allows the offense to continue for the life of the wind farm, not just for a few years as wind farms develop mitigation measures against killing birds. There are no mitigation measures. They suck those birds and chop that a bird flying through the air is going to get, it's just like you uh, floating down the river and there's a big draw off the river where they're drawing water out of the river down a pipe system. If you get too close to it, the reason they put a screen there is I'll suck you right in the pipe. Come on, man. This is simple stuff. I, I I mean, I'm a school dropout. I got this thing figured out. The new 30-year rule takes effect three days before the Trump inauguration. Do you think they didn't jam a bean up Trump's nose? President-elect Trump could change the rule and do away with it, but the process could take months or even years to unwind. Now, I'm just bringing up all this stuff because I wrote an article in the Territorial Dispatch that should just blow that should just blow your hair back. Uh, it's called governor pointy head and fires. And if you think, Oh, we're, we're just saving the world because we have smog checks every two years, or we have, you know, we have better gasoline in California. It's not so it's, it doesn't pollute so much. Right. And, uh, so let me just let me just give you I'm just going to read a little bit of my article so we're talking about uh, there's a there's an article you can look it up pollution it's spreading like wildfire so the research says that uh, a single Alaskan wildfire emitted more carbon monoxide pollution than all humans caused pollution from tailpipes and smokestacks in the United States all the All the everything in the United States during the same period that one or just one fire to the state, bad forest management does not equal a human cause of greenhouse gases. It's so crazy. Maybe it was an act of God, even though they don't believe in this. Is me right? This is my writing, so I'm just they're atheists, so they're going to blame it on an act of God anyway. That single Alaskan fire, listen to this, people. You wonder, like. Are we making a difference? Or are we like screwing? We're, we're, we're going backwards fast. That single Alaskan fire. these guys, these are scientists doing this, emitted 6600 times of carbon monoxide during the three months it burned. It 66 hold that 6600 times more than all the pollution ExxonMobil, one of the top five corporate polluters in the world emitted during an entire year, according to the researcher, Zach Gerber. In other words, you compare this one single fire to all the pollution of, and all we hate ExxonMobil, we're going to burn it down. But one Alaskan fire puts out 6,600 times more carbon in that one event than all Exxon did in one year. Gerber says that the worst wildfire year on record in California and this this is we're going to break that record this year but it was 2017 and we burned 1.266224 acres 1 million point almost 1 million point 3 acres according to the environmental protection agency those fires emitted more than 1 million pounds of pm 2.5. What is PM 2.5? They are particles of stuff, funky stuff that poisoned you and me. They are particles 2.5 micrometers in diameter or smaller that have damage effects on our health. But that fire, those fires in California put off one point, almost 1.3 million or, or the, it, they burn 1.3 million acres But they put off 1 billion, that's a B, billion pounds of PM 2.5. In comparison, EPA estimates that California drivers, I want you to think about driving, think, oh, we want to eliminate all the cars and all the freeways, and we want you to ride the bullet train and then hike, hitchhike the rest of the way to L.A. The EPA estimates California drivers in 2017 created 22 million pounds of PM 2.5. 22 million pounds compared to the forest fires creating 1 billion. I want you to write down the term 1 billion and then underneath it figure out 22 million and how much the difference is. It it is a it's it's a stupendous number. In other words are all our driving in California trucks, cars, motorboats, motorbikes in two thousand seventeen, we created twenty two million pounds that's two percent two percent of the fire's output in the same period do the the question is what I ask in this article do the viral fascists really kill about care about creatures? The answer is obviously no. Many biologists, land managers, ranchers, and others believe wildfires are the greatest threat to species. I thought this whole thing since Earth Day started in the 70s was we're going to, we don't want any species to die and not come back. Like, we don't want them to go extinct. And we just burn them all up. We just like burn them up. And then their crematory ash descends on my head and all over my house. It's the greatest such any species. The Arizona Bear Waller Wallow Fire, there was an Arizona fire called the Bear Wallow Fire in 2011. They estimated that that fire killed 1.5 million vertebrate animals. By their same survey methods, the fires during 2017 in California killed 3.5 million vertebrate. We're worried about the, the chipmunks and the birds. And the, and the the snakes and the lizards, we're worried about them. They cannot run the fire. The one thing they never even brought up, which is fascinating, human life lost. Because the people that are crazy about our forests, they want to reduce the population of the world from over 7 billion to, to 500 million. I did I didn't misspeak. They want to reduce they want to eliminate 6 Gates Bill Gates and those guys. Population control. Putting population control chemicals in vaccines that will kill off or make people sick and and sterile and shrink the population by 6.5 billion. So before we go, I want to mention one other group of people. Oh, also, I I want to tell about trauma intervention. But Ted Holmes with with uh, the uh, plumbing doctor. If you need a plumbing fix, which if when you have a problem, you need it, baby. I see plumbers running around in the middle of the night all the time. Plumbing doctor five three zero six seven one nine one one one. If you need an emergency fix, they will get you done. Ted is an honest man. He'll take care of you they take care of my place all the time. I just call them up. I said, "Dude, I got I got problems." Okay. So, the last thing is we got a couple of minutes. I just want to mention this this program that I run trauma intervention program. We go out on 911 calls I mentioned earlier. We've done 26 calls in uh the first 16 days of the month and are 17 days now. <clears throat> and uh all kinds of gnarly calls. We take care of all the people, the survivors while the detectives and cops and firefighters and all the people the medics they do their job and uh, clean out the highways and get people to the hospital and do all their things and we worked with all the living people that cared about whatever happened and who who it happened to so uh we're out every day and around the clock we respond 24 hours a day get there within 20 minutes or less and uh provide a great service take care of take some of the mental anguish off the the emergency responders minds and uh so we're totally uh non and we don't own any buildings we don't pay big overhead we don't pay salaries we all our money goes to training technology dispatching and um getting our people there and providing their resources literature all those kind of things resources websites all kinds of technology phone technology to get people out fast uh It all goes into helping clients and train emergency responders. So if you want to help us, uh, if you're from Yuba Sutter, you should think about it if you give to nonprofits. We're a good nonprofit. Sometimes, I I think there's a lot of good nonprofits. But sometimes a lot of your money uh, doesn't go to the... It just gets ate up in buildings and insurances and things that we don't have to pay. So if you want to help us, you can go... um, on our website at ubisuttertip.org. and you can just click on donate or you can just send us a check at uh, P.O. Box. I mean, we get 100% of the money. You send us a check, P.O. Box 645, Yuba City, uh, sorry, P.O. Box 645, Marysville, California, 95901. Uh, some of my friends, Larry Rymers, who Owns Russell and Bull's painting. It's been around since the 1970s. Uh, He just donated $1,500 and just did it on our website through a credit card. And all the money comes to us. If you go through GoFundMe, there's a GoFundMe account called GoFundMe.com backslash tip2021 because this funds next year. GoFundMe.com backslash tip two zero two one if you want to use that it's just that uh when you do that a little bit goes to go fund me so they make something as well so um and there's there's things you can donate sponsorship levels all that kind of stuff or if you have a question about it you can always dial me up at five three zero seven one three one eight three eight i'll tell you about it but if you want to help us great if you if you don't give to nonprofits, no problem don't worry about it we're going to run we're going to do good and do our best um, so, uh, let's see, do I have a, I'm just trying to, oh yeah, I think I did all six sessions. So, um, anyway, if you can help us, great. If not, don't even give it a second thought. No worry. And if, uh, if you're out there in some other part of the world and you want to help Tamika Hamilton, I would encourage you. I know her now. Uh, I've heard her speak. I've talked, you know, I'll, I'll see her again Saturday at the, uh, Dinesh D'Souza event if you want to help somebody, there's a couple ladies that I would try to help. One is, and I I can't remember her name. She's the you'll see her on YouTube. Uh, she's running in Baltimore, and uh, she's running for the first time I think for, and she's going to be running for Congress. And uh, she is a black lady, uh, Tamika Hamilton is running here, uh, and so both those ladies are newcomers they are not pretending to be polit- but politicians or want to be career politicians <clears throat> they're interested in in kicking some rear and making change so i uh, i'm into them i sent some money to the lady back east and uh in baltimore and also i'm going to uh support tamika hamilton here and i'm i'm hoping the best for her so uh thank you for listening and if you want to give me a shout out, give me a shout out. If you have any ideas for me, give me give me some ideas, and uh, we'll see you in a week, Lord willing. And I think I've covered, I think I've covered everything. So have a good week. Bye bye.
3: We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of the Illinois law enforcement
5: community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter who you are and what you do to live,
3: thrive, and survive, there's still some